Hello, it's Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio. We're here until 4 a.m. as we are uh, every weeknight into the week morning. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. That's the Team Hochberg phone line. Um, and uh, we've got coming up a little bit later on, Marty DeRosa and Paul Farvar, who uh, do the Make Us a Mixtape podcast, are going to join us. Uh, they are going to do a 4th of July mixtape. And uh, we're talking about some of the songs that will be on there and all that kind of stuff. There's a really fun podcast, and they invite people on, comedians and friends, to um, make a mixtape and talk about some of the songs that they would put on a, on a, on a great mixtape. Um, we're going to talk about whether or not uh, fireworks should be illegal in Illinois. Uh, it's been a little out of control this year, as we've talked about before. Um, and, I mean, it's not even the 4th. Uh, Saturday's uh, Saturday's going to be nuts if uh, if what's going on, what's been going on in the past couple of weeks is any indication. So we'll talk, 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 talk a little bit about that. Now, since we are not on uh, tomorrow, uh, uh, Thursday night into Friday morning, because we're off uh, in honor of the 4th of July, uh, we'll do our regular Friday features. You know, the Friday features that we do, uh, Straight Out of Context, Nick D. Show Spies, You Big Dummy, uh, Fly Jams Friday. We'll do them this morning, and we are, we're calling them the 4th of July features. And those will come up a little bit later on as well. We always play back some classic Johnny Carson. The Johnny Carson Show can be seen on Antenna TV every night. And uh, uh, Carol Suskind is going to be uh, uh, featured uh, this morning at 2.30. Uh, Taste of Chicago to go. We'll discuss that. White Sox are going to play the Cardinals at the Field of Dreams. Uh, and I've got a little, you know, a problem to pick with um, Dexter Fowler, who actually is, is one of my favorite Cubs ever. But uh, uh, he made a comment that's a little bit weird. <laughs> so that's all coming up. 312-981-7200 to get a hold of us. And uh, yeah, so we're live in the Skyline studio. And so um, uh, my first guest, this is really, we, we, we read a story about this guy uh, a few days ago. Uh, and thought it was pretty unbelievable. He had um, he's he's broken over 150 Guinness World Records in less than five years. Uh, he's written a book about it as well. But the last one that he did that we that we were talking about was he had uh, 92 wet sponges thrown at his face. Those are the most wet sponges wet sponge hits to the face. Uh, he's an author, a speaker, an entertainer, and an MC. And when we read that story, we were like, we got to get this guy on the air and talk about some of these world records. Uh, and his name is David Rush. Hello, David. Hello, Nick. It's uh, great to be here. Yeah. How are you? I am doing excellent on this Wednesday slash Friday afternoon for me. Ah, okay. There you go. So um, you st- when did you start uh, breaking uh, world records and, and, and how did that all begin for you? You know, I started, uh, I've been promoting STEM education, that's science, technology, engineering, math, about 10 years since I graduated from MIT with an electrical engineering degree. And then I broke my first Guinness World Record in October of 2016, so less than five years ago. And since then, I've just had this passion for showing that if you set your mind to a goal, believe in yourself and pursue it with a passion, you can accomplish anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's really an amazing record. Uh, it, it's, uh, one, it's you're one of the most prolific Guinness World Records uh, holders on the planet. And, um, and you wrote a book about it. You wrote Breaking Records, 21 Lessons from 21 Record Attempts. 
Yeah, I just published that like this, earlier this month, and it's been a surreal effort. That's been a huge culmination of all the stuff I've been working on and the lessons I've learned from, you know, having a growth mindset, this idea that Stanford psychologist Carol Dweck talks about and writes about in her book, Mindset, that if you uh, believe you can get better at something, you can. And then the role deliberate practice plays in getting it better at any skill, talent, or admittedly. And then uh, Angela Duckworth builds on that in grit, this idea that if you work hard with something over several years and use failure simply as an opportunity to prove instead of using failure as an excuse to give up, you can accomplish so much more than you ever thought possible. Yeah. So, so basically, the message is is, is all positivity, and, and and you can do anything you want if you if you apply yourself. Yeah, and and the whole Guinness World Record things. I mean, it started out as a gimmick to show, you know. I mean, I love Guinness World Records, and and most kids are familiar with it, and many of them dream about it and read the books, and it's so much easier to get that story across by breaking Guinness World Record than it is to say, hey, when I was in second grade, I tried out for the gifted program in the Idaho public education system, and I didn't get in. I wasn't smart enough. But I kept working hard and did get into fifth grade, but only for math. And then by the time I went through high school, you know, I took nine advanced placement courses, and I was offered admission to MIT. And and that story is important, but it doesn't resonate as clearly as, hey, I just worked really hard and I broke a Guinness World Record. And so I use that as the transition point of, hey, if you set your mind to a goal and you work hard, you can do so much, isn't this cool? And it applied to me as well in the academic space, and it can for you too. Wow, those are such positive uh, positive thoughts right there. Uh, so uh, you're a speaker as well. How often do you go out and, and, and speak? Obviously now you know, you're on hold with that, but how often do you get out there and speak? You know, I mean, on hold is interesting. I just actually did a library program, summer speaking program on Monday with the local library here, and it was a virtual event because most speakers are doing virtual events. And I do it several times a year. I actually, I work, my full-time job is I work in a technology industry at a Boise-based startup technology company called CradlePoint where we provide wireless internet to businesses as a backup internet connection over LTE and now 5G. And so that's my full-time job. And so on the side, I break these Guinness World Records as a hobby, and I go into you know schools, and, and then I actually talk at conferences, and then now businesses as well because this growth mindset is so important to get more out of your employees than you ever thought possible because if you set your mind to a goal in a business setting as well, work hard at you can also accomplish more than you ever thought possible there so you know a few times a month now yeah okay well dave david hang on david rush is with us uh he has broken more than uh, uh, over 150 guinness world records we're going to talk about that and more and uh he's a motivational speaker and an author and much more so we will uh, keep uh, our conversation going with david hey nick DeGilio here 720 wgn how are you? We're live in the Skyline studio. Uh, and since we are not on uh, Thursday night into uh, Friday morning, Dane, uh, Dane Neal's going to gonna fill in for us. Uh, we're going to do our Friday features uh, t- today, this morning, uh, after 3 o'clock. Uh, straight out of context, Nick D. Show Spies, You Big Dummy and Fly Jams uh, Friday. So that's all uh, coming up. Uh, right now, my guest is David Rush. He is an author, a speaker, an entertainer, and an MC. He's written a book called Breaking Records, 21 Lessons from 21 Record Attempts, and he's broken over 150 Guinness World Records. Uh, and, uh, David, uh, let's talk a little bit about... Now, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that you are the world's fastest juggler, the world's slowest juggler, has a record for most bowling balls <laughs> juggled, 
most consecutive axe juggling catches, and longest duration balance on a bike bicycle on the chin. Uh, how did the juggling thing come about? Hey, you know, juggling is my passion. I've been doing it since I was eight years old. Wow. I, you know, did the junior high and high school talent shows, but it wasn't until I got to college at MIT and took the juggling PE class that I got serious about it. And I started juggling a couple hours a day, started the MIT Student Juggling Club, and, uh, you know, probably spent $10,000 worth of MIT's money on juggling equipment, <laughs> bringing in performances, entertainment to show, hey, this is a cool activity and learned all about administration and organizing people. And so juggling is my, my main passion. Oh, that's there. amazing. So there's actually an, uh, uh, there's a juggling course at MIT? Yeah, you know, there's a juggling PE class as well as a juggling club. You know, I we did juggle for a cookie. Stop by, learn how to juggle. Uh, if you learn a new skill, it increases the num- the gray matter in your brain, and so it's got some academic and uh, effects. And so, you know, yes, it's it's really popular. And I, I've, I've met tons of jugglers that have learned how to juggle while waiting for their code to compile. Mm, okay. <laughs> what? Uh, so, what? What? When you started juggling, you said you were eight years old. Was it just your basic uh, balls? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you know, three penguin beanbags given to me by my ah uh, beanbags. Yep. Okay, there you go. You started with that. Now, and what are some of the other crazy items that you've juggled? We mentioned bowling balls and axes. Uh, you know, I will juggle pretty much anything you can hand to me if you can. Pass it from one hand to the other. I can I can juggle it at this point. Wow! And I've broken records with balls and um, uh, and uh, bowling balls and a few other things too. Yeah, how difficult is it to juggle bowling balls? You know, I, I it looks impressive. Honestly, it's not that hard. Really? I gotta say, I'm most proud of the records that are the most difficult to set, which is like the world's fastest juggling and most juggling catches. And that, that one literally took me years to practice for. Yeah. And then my record got broken, so I had to practice more, and it got broken again, so I had to practice more. And uh, and when I first saw the record, it was 422 catches in a minute. Oh that's man! Just over seven catches per second. Literally oh, impossible, that's, right? That's nuts! Wow. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way I could set that record. But, I, you know, I tried for it, and I practiced, and I wasn't even close. And it wasn't until I approached this record again with a growth mindset, saying, you know what? I'm not going to try to break this record. I am going to break this record. And I'm going to practice until I do. That what happened is amazing. It was when I practiced, I got a lot better. And I got a lot better a lot faster. And I did break that record in 2016 with 428 catches oh, in one minute. That's unbelievable. And then I became the world's fastest juggler. That's unbelievable. That really is. Now, do you have a family, David? Yeah? I do. You know, I met my wife. We met at MIT, which is, you know, honestly the best thing I got at MIT. Uh-huh. And then I've got a, a one-year-old and a four-year-old who just turned four. Uh, okay. And are you going to you encourage your four-year-old to, to, to learn some juggling? You know, kids want to do whatever their dads do, and so whenever I'm practicing, I'm juggling, I'm balancing things, they want to do the same thing, and it's awesome. So I play with them while I'm practicing for Guinness World Records as well. Oh, that's fun. So what have you been balancing on your on – your, you, you balance basically on your chin then, right? You know, I've got several records for longest duration balancing objects on my chin, like a lawnmower, a chainsaw, bicycle, a ladder – and uh, and that's just a matter of building up the strength over time. And I have a you know a, you know a dumbbell barbell used for arm curls. But on one end I put all the weights, and the other end I cut open a tennis ball and put it on the other end so I can balance it on my chin. Oh man, 
Wow. <laughs> no, now, how do you develop that kind of skill? Did you start doing when you started juggling? Did you did you say, okay, next I want to start balancing things on my on my chin? Yeah, you know, with juggling, there's a number of complementary activities, and balancing things on the face is a complementary activity. So in college, it's like, hey, I want to learn how to balance stuff on my chin. I started with a baseball bat, and I learned how to do that. And then it's like, oh, a ladder is more impressive, so I'll do that. And then I saw these uh, Guinness World Records for balancing things on the chin. I'm like, well, all I have to do is build up the strength and stamina for it. And so I trained for it, and I put heavier and heavier weights on my chin for longer and longer periods of time until, you know, I broke a few world records. Wow. That's something. That's really something. Uh, and so let me, I, I do want to talk, talk to you about this. Um, you uh, started this, the, these doing these world records to promote STEM education. Tell us about that. Yeah, so STEM education is science, technology, engineering, and math. And I have an electrical engineering from MIT, which is in the STEM field. And I work for a technology company by, uh, called Cradle Point that builds wireless routers. Right. And when I joined 10 years ago, it was a 60-person company here in Boise, Idaho, and it's grown to 600. And the thing I've noticed is the hardest positions to fill are those that require these STEM degrees. And what I've realized is students, will, you know, they'll be in school and they'll fail a math test or struggle at science, or, and they could say, ah, I could never become an engineer. It's too hard. And what I want them to do is realize that if they set their mind to a little, believe in themselves and pursue it with passion, they can become better at anything, whether it be a STEM field or, or if they want to become a better friend or a better public speaker. All of those things are skills that can be developed through hard work, discipline, and getting the help where you need it. Yeah. Wow. That's, a, that's very – everything you say is so positive. How do you stay so positive, David? You know, uh, there's a lot of terrible things in life, but I realized, you know, that you can affect your destiny when you uh, espouse the things you want to see come into fruition. If you want the world to be a better place, if you want to have better friends and better family, and if you want to become smarter, those are things you can work towards, and there are specific steps you can take to say, hey, you know what, I'm not going to embrace negativity. I'm not going to embrace hate. I am going to follow these things with positivity. And the phenomenal thing is the research and the science behind that backs it up. If you believe you can get better and you work hard at it and you affect your community, things can and do get better. Mm. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the book, uh, uh, David. Breaking Records, 21 Lessons from 21 Record Attempts. What are the 21 record attempts? And, and uh, give us a, a few of the lessons that you got. Yeah, so the 21 record attempts, these are the first 21 record attempts I attempted. Some of them were successful, some of them were not. And the lessons that I learned along the way, like, you know, getting started is half a battle. Um, it starts that because I tried to become the fastest half mile or fastest mile runner while juggling. And I worked two years at that. I ran 2000 miles. I ran wind sprints, time trials, and I ran to my legs burned, my lungs fire. And at the end of that two years of training, after 2000 miles of running, I hurt my knee and I couldn't run anymore. Mm. And at that point I could have made a choice. Do I give up or do I keep going? And if I give up, I have zero Guinness world records, but I made a choice to keep trying. And now I have over 150 Guinness world records tiles broken. And then, uh, you know, I talk about having a growth mindset, this idea that you can become better at anything. And if you adopt that about anything in your life, you can get so much better. And if you have grit, using failure as an opportunity to improve, rather as failure as an excuse to not try anymore, 
you can overcome virtually any obstacle in your life. Mm-hmm. And having a, a deliberate practice, this idea that, hey, I want to become better at this skill, whether it be soccer or speaking or breaking Guinness World Records, you try it. You figure out where you're good, where you're bad, where you fail, get immediate feedback, and then you try it again. Do the same thing, get immediate feedback, try it again, and you can get so much better, so much faster applying these techniques. And I, and I talk about these 21 lessons over the first 21 world record attempts, and, and I published a book that took me you know, four years to write, uh, but I'm really proud of it, even though it's my first published edition, and I don't know if anybody's going to read it, but I'm, I'm so excited about uh, finally a uh, it was one of my goals that I said I want to write a book, and I did, and it's out there now. Yeah, and is it available everywhere? Can you can people like go to Amazon and, and all that stuff? Yeah, so it's available on Amazon, so you can buy it on Amazon in the paperback. I think it's like twelve ninety five, or Amazon Kindle electronically three ninety nine. Or if you want a signed copy, reach out to me directly info at davidrushforstem dot com, and I will ship you a signed copy to whoever you want a copy to. Okay, one more t- one more time on how they can uh, they can get a hold of you. Yeah, info at davidrushforstem.com, the number four, info at davidrushforstem.com. That's my website as well. Uh, contact information's there. Or you can Google David Rush, Guinness World Records, and uh, you can look me up. Oh, okay, there you go. That sounds great. Breaking records, 21 lessons from 21. How did you pick the lessons, Dave? You know, it's the ones that made the biggest effect on my life. And and it has to, you know, I, I, I revolve them around these world record attempts, but the same lessons applied in my professional life in the technology industry. How do I get better at becoming a product manager to bring these groundbreaking new technologies to market? And how do I become a better husband to my wife and love her better? And how do I become a better father to my kids? And these lessons that I've learned uh, from from my experiences in life and from people more wise than me that I wanted to incorporate this in this book. And I tied them around these world records that, you know, kids can read about and get excited about. Oh, well, that's great. That's really inspiring. Uh, okay, David, um, we're going to take a quick break here. Hang on. When we come back, we have to talk about, uh, we have to talk about the records that you've, uh, some of the records that you've broken, because some of them are kind of crazy, i got to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great, Nick. Okay, David Rush is with us, uh, obviously an inspirational guy, a speaker, an entertainer, and an author. His book is called Breaking Records, 21 Lessons from 21 Record Attempts. One of the most positive guys I've ever spoken to. And uh, we'll get more from David coming up right here in 720 WGN. If you want to join us, you got a comment, you got a question, it's 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. More after this. All right. Hello, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, and we are live in the Skyline studio here till 4 o'clock. Paul Farvar and uh, Marty DeRosa are the hosts of Make Us a Mixtape podcast, and they're putting together a 4th of July mixtape, and we're going to talk about that and more. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the the number, Uh, and again, since we're not on uh, tomorrow, Thursday night, and Friday morning, we're off for the 4th. Um, We're going to do the Friday features um, uh, this morning. So, uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. David Rush is with us. He's an author, a speaker, an entertainer. He has broken over 150 Guinness World Records, uh, and he's written a book called Breaking Records, 21 Lessons uh, from 21 Record Attempts. Um, And here is uh, David. Uh, Welcome back, sir. Hey, thank you. It's been great talking to you, Nick. All right. We have a caller here. It's Big Ed. Go ahead, Ed. Hey, Nick. Hey, David. Can I ask you a question? Do you hold the record... For Guinness Book of World Records, having the most records? 
Hey, that is a great question. I get that one often nowadays. Um, I actually do not. I'm in the top five worldwide, but there are a few people that have been doing this for much longer than me. I'm less than five years old. There's one guy who's been doing it for 30 years, and another that is about 10 that are ahead of me on that list right now. So, Well, he's still in the top five, Ed. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, David, let's talk about some of these records. And, and uh, um, how, how do some of these records pop into your head? Because some of them are kind of random here. <laughs> you know, they are. Almost all of them are previous existing records. Oh, okay. I read through the book. I look online. I watch the videos. And, I, and I'm and i like, you know what? With a growth mindset, I can become better. Anything, I think that's one I can break. And when they're more obscure, it's like I bet less people have tried this one. So it might be easier for me to break. But there's others that I'm really, really proud of, like the world's fastest juggling or, you know, the uh, the world's slowest juggling as well. Yeah. Now, how, what is this, how does slow juggling happen? You know, there's gravity. <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the fewest juggling catches in one minute, and you have to be juggling the entire minute. So how do you get the fewest? There's two critical components to that. One is obviously throwing it as high as you possibly can. Oh, sure. So the world's slowest juggling in, in one way is actually the world's fastest juggling because you have to throw the ball the fastest. The second part is you have to wait until the last possible moment when the ball's coming down to throw the next ball. Mm. And so their overlapping hang times is as minimal as possible. And that means when the ball's coming down, your hand's going up. And I throw them about 35 miles an hour up. So I got a ball that's coming down at 35 miles an hour. My hand's going up at 35 miles an hour. There's a 70 mile an hour differential between my hand and the ball. And if I don't absorb that correctly, I get a giant bruise on my hand. Oh man! Wow. Okay. Uh, and how how much uh, how much um, practicing did you have to do for that one? You know, I probably practiced for that one for about a year and a half. And I go out to the tennis courts, and when you throw a juggling ball up, it lands in the other hand usually. When you're throwing it up at 35 miles an hour, if you have just a li- if you're just a little bit off and you're in the middle of the tennis court, it lands on the outside of the fence. Oh man! And so, you know, you'll be going great for 30 seconds, and you you know sh- I'm shuffling around with my feet to get under the next ball, and then I have one throw that's just a little bit off, and the whole uh, minute is ruined because I cannot get outside of the chain link fence to catch the other ball. Oh man, geez, that must that must be frustrating. You know, it is, but if you maintain the mindset of, I came better at this and I'm going to improve. Um, uh, I took that record when I first applied for it. It was 30 juggling catches in a minute. When I was practicing, it got down to 26 juggling catches in a minute. And then when I broke it, it's 22 juggling catches in one minute, which means each ball has about three seconds of hang time uh, when I throw it up. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. All right, this this latest one that we were talking about on the air, uh, most wet sponge hits to the face. Was it 92? <laughs> 92 in a minute. 92 yeah, wet sponges full in, the, on in the face. Full on in the face. Who was throwing the sponges? So I'm, I'm my neighbor across the street, Jonathan Hannon, he's, uh, he's in the Air Force, and we've been actually quarantining together for this entire COVID thing because I got a one-year-old, a four-year-old. He's got four kids. Yeah. We're all working full-time. And so my wife and I will send our kids over to their house to play, and we have meals together, and we're like, hey, we're doing all this together. Why don't we break some Guinness World Records together? <laughs> and he happens to be ambidextrous, so he can throw both left and right Oh, look at that. High accuracy. Yeah. Which is extreme. So we've done a bunch of these two-person records where he's throwing things at me, <laughs> and he's throwing these sponges at me. He, he threw 106 wet sponges in a minute. 
and I was able to get my face in front of 92 of them to break this record. The previous record was 76, so we absolutely crushed it. Yeah. Wow. All right. Okay. And now, what about uh, most uh, Hanak Suki hits? Explain what that is. <laughs> so it's basically Japanese badminton without an end. So you've each got a paddle, and we're hitting a, a ball with feathers sticking out of it. We call it a birdie back and forth with each other. And we started this, hey, this will be an easy one. This just knocks up list with just, you know, a notch mark for one more Guinness World Record in our tally. Yeah. And we started practicing, and it was ridiculously hard. We kept dropping the birdie on the ground. He's got a cat, so he's stealing the, the birdie. Every time we hit it, the cat would come running and think, I'm going to come catch this birdie because I can't go into the outside because I'm in quarantine. <laughs> and so we're practicing this thing. And it, we, we started practicing many months before quarantine started. But finally, when we had this whole quarantine with COVID, we're like, okay, we get serious about it. Let's do it. Let's break it. And we finally got it. We got over 100 hits between us in a minute. Even though we dropped one of the birdies, the cat stole it, literally ate it and ran off with it, and we had to get an ultimate birdie during the official Guinness World Record attempt to finally break the record. Mm-hmm. Now, and now, okay, so how do these get recorded? Do they send out someone to to uh, to uh, verify? Yeah, so there's a couple ways you can get the official Guinness verification. The one you see on TV usually is they've got an official Guinness adjudicator on stage, and, you know, obviously you have to fly somebody out. It's very expensive. But there's actually a free route that anybody can break a Guinness World Records title with. And the way you do that is you go online to GuinnessWorldRecords.com, make an, uh, an account, and then you can apply for a record, and it's free. They'll send you an approval for the application usually within about three months. So it's not exactly fast. You get the rules. You can break the record. And you have to have independent timekeepers, witnesses, video evidence, photographic evidence. You can submit that to Oakley Guinness and they'll approve it. The total process takes about six months. Now, if you want to go faster, you can pay them money to expedite the process, bring out adjudicators. But I usually go the free route. So it's about usually about six months from the time when I want to break a record to when it's official. Oh. And so that's the way we've been doing it with video cameras, photographic evidence, and witnesses. And in this whole COVID season, they've relaxed some of the rules that, hey, provide more video evidence, and you don't have to have as many independent witnesses because obviously you don't want big groups of people. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Six months, though. Wow. So you're so you're waiting to get the official Guinness record for six months, but in that six months you're still breaking other records or trying to break other records. Yeah, yeah I set a goal a couple of years ago. I want to break one Guinness World Records title per week in 2018. And it wasn't until halfway through 2019 that I realized that I was going to have one too few approved. I, I, I broke 60 Guinness World Records titles that year. Nine of them were disqualified because of, you know, various rules that were broken or spirit of the rules or evidence that wasn't provided. So I ended up with 51 officially in 2018. And so each year since, I've been trying to break well, 60. Well, that's still unbelievably impressive. 51 Guinness World Records in a year. I mean, geez. Um, uh, you know, uh, Honestly, I can't believe it myself, except for having this growth mindset. You can become better at anything. You can do anything you set your mind to. And then, frankly, just a lot of hard work. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's talk about most bites taken from three apples in one minute whilst juggling. (laughs) That's another one that I'm extremely proud of because of how difficult it is. So I'm juggling three apples. Yeah. And, you know, Juggling three objects and taking a bite out of an apple while it's happening, it's, it's frankly one of the easiest tricks in the juggling repertoire. Jugglers hate it 
because audiences love it, but all the jugglers know just how easy it is. But when you've got three apples and you're trying to take 160 bites out of those three apples in a minute, it is virtually impossible. I'm slamming those apples into my mouth and lips at a rate of almost three per second. And I'm getting bloodied lips and I got to take a full bite of the apple and then my mouth gets full and I got to spit out apples in the meantime. It took me probably a year and a half of practice to break that one. Wow. How many again? 160 bites? 164 bites in one minute. So that's just under three bites per second out of these individual apples. Now, did you did you just did the, did you spit them out, or did you you know, or did you have to eat all the bites? You know, you're allowed to spit them out, and I did spit them out. And um, when I was spitting it out, there's a couple of the bites that were disqualified because I was spitting at the same time as I was putting the apple to my mouth. Oh, I so see. So I didn't actually take a bite out of it. Yeah. And so I probably put the apple to my mouth 170 times in a minute. 164 of them, I took a visible bite out of the apple. Wow. I mean, that's just... That's... And, I, and I broke that record, actually, at the MIT Juggling Convention. So it was in, a, in front of a group of a bunch of jugglers that absolutely loathe apple juggling. Yeah. Because, again, taking a bite out of one apple while juggling, easiest trick in the book. Yeah. Audiences love it. Yeah. But I'm... I took 164, and I've got all these professional jugglers coming up to me afterwards, like, so how hard was that? Can I break that record? Is that one possible? I'm like, no, I spent a year and a half breaking it. Like, right. oh, man, that was too hard. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I I wasn't aware that uh, that jugglers hated the whole uh, biting the apple thing because I mean that's just a that's a that's a that's a go to. I don't know how many times I've seen jugglers do that. You know, it's because it's so easy and jugg- and audiences eat it up. They love it. <laughs> yeah. But any juggler knows. I I literally did that that trick in seventh grade in my junior high juggling yeah competition or yeah. variety show yeah. But um, taking 164 bites is a whole nother level. That's a, all right. How about farthest tortilla throw? <laughs> okay, uh, that goes on the other end of the spectrum. That has to be one of the easiest records I've ever broken. Okay. Um, and it's and it's based on how far the tortilla goes. <laughs> um, that it just uh, 54 feet is not that hard to throw a tortilla. Now the trick is uh, when I. It was set on a live show somewhere with a bunch of people that never practiced for the first time. It, when it becomes a much further distance, it's going to be a much more difficult to break. But right now where it stands, it's not a difficult record. And when I broke it, I had an official adjudicator on site, so I only have three attempts at the record. On one side, I've got a wall. On the other side, I have 200 people lined up watching. So I have to shoot that tortilla through you know, maybe a 10-degree a angle of, you know, I have to throw it straight or within 10 degree angle of that straightness. Uh, otherwise, it's going to hit the wall or people. And I only did three throws to do it. And um, and so I did. I broke the record. It was real easy. It went viral. But frankly, a bunch of ultimate, uh, or what is it called, Frisbee Dolph players says, I can break that record. And they all sent me notes. And I was like, yes, you can, was my reply. Yeah. Now, did you throw it like a Frisbee? Yeah, you got to throw it like frisbee. You can't crumple it up like a, right. know, a snowball. And throw right. it. You got to throw it like frisbee. And if it breaks in the air, the attempt is disqualified. So you can't just throw it as hard as you possibly can. Otherwise, the tortilla rips apart. Wow. Uh, okay, what are you planning on doing? What are you? You still are going to break more records? You got the sponge record now. What in the face? What's what's next? 
You know, at any given time, I'm probably practicing for 20 to 25 different Guinness World Records titles because it takes, you know, the practice, you have to sleep on it, solidify that um, muscle memory, practice more. And so I'm practicing for uh, re-breaking the record for the most um, juggling catches blindfolded standing on a balance board uh, right now. And so... The hard part there is not the juggling blindfolded for me. I've got that down. I've got the Guinness World Record for longest duration blindfolded juggling. The hard part for me is standing on the balance board while blindfolded without a reference point. And so that's what I'm working on, as well as the most juggling catches in a minute while unicycling. Ah. Um, and then other silly ones like the furthest distance to throw and catch a hat on the head. <laughs> Wow. All right. Well, David, it's been so much fun talking to you. The book is available everywhere. You can check it out on Amazon. Uh, Breaking Records, 21 Lessons from 21 Record Attempts. And the website again, so people can uh, maybe get an autographed uh, copy? Yeah, so DavidRush4STEM.com. That's the number four, DavidRush4STEM.com. And if you want to reach out to me, DavidRushInfo at DavidRushForSTEM.com. Uh, and I will get you a signed copy addressed to whoever you want to with whatever message you want. All right. Okay, David, so much fun talking to you. Congratulations on all the records and uh, and uh, all the positivity, my friend. Hey, Nick, it's been a pleasure. Okay, there you go. David Rush, author, speaker, entertainer. The book is called Breaking Records, 21 Lessons from 21 Record Attempts. <laughs> well, that was fun. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to start talking about fireworks um, and uh you know the insanity that uh has been happening for the past few weeks and it's not even the fourth of july yet uh 312 if you want to uh voice what do you think of what's going on with the fireworks are you hearing them in your neighborhood is it uh is it completely crazy uh and we'll also talk about um whether you think they should be legal or not uh in illinois 312-981-7200 on wgn hello nick degilio here on 720 wgn we're live in the skyline studio here till four uh, we are not on uh, Thursday night into Friday morning, so the regular uh, Friday features that we do on Friday we're going to do this morning after 3 o'clock. Straight out of context, Nick D. Show Spies, You Big Dummy, Fly Jams Friday. All coming up. And the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom here on WGN. All right. Uh, fireworks. Are you still here in your neighborhood, uh, Tom? Yeah, I actually am. Um, pretty frequently. Pretty frequ- frequently. And, of course... Was it just the other day? We were on the air, and yeah. there were guys setting off fireworks downstairs. I thought it was I thought it was lightning, mm-hmm. but you know, because the, the the Sheridan Hotel is right across the river from us, and I saw like a big flash, you know, like right in front of the right in front of the hotel, and I was like, "What, what was that? Lightning?" Because I wasn't really I wasn't looking outside, but out of my peripheral vision, I saw this you know bright thing happen, and uh, and so people were down. It was two o'clock in the morning. It was a Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, 2 o'clock in the morning. There were people blowing off fireworks by the Chicago River. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't get it. But yeah, the fireworks, you know, if you've, if you've heard an uptick in, your, in, your, uh, in the fireworks noise in your neighborhood, call us, 312-981-7200. Um, because it's been crazy this year. I, seriously. I mean, I know, you know, the days leading up to the 4th of July, you'll hear some fireworks and, you know, stuff blowing up. But, you know, this started like two weeks ago, easily. And not just a little bit, a lot. I had people in the courtyard of my, in the back courtyard of my apartment building blowing off fireworks. That was uh, Father's Day. It was on Father's Day. I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, I just don't. I don't. I don't understand it. If you've you've if you've been hearing a lot of fireworks, and uh, how do you feel about it? Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Again, I always feel bad for uh, the veterans and pets and babies, uh, you know, and children who are frightened by it. Um, I know it's just common courtesy not to do that. I mean, there are people who you know maybe you know you know loud bangs and stuff like that don't bother a lot of people. Or you know, hurt them in any way. But there are there are there, there's a you know there's a, a huge portion of the population uh, that can be damaged by by all of this stuff, and it's you know it's not it's not good uh, you know. And uh, from the Chicago Tribune, it says it's not your imagination. You've been hearing more fireworks than usual between homemade displays and cancellations of popular city fireworks shows like the one at Navy Pier. Chicagoans have taken the Fourth of July celebrations into their own hands. This has led to a huge increase in fireworks sales, which, in a market hit hard by COVID-19-related factory closures, has also led to a shortage. Uh, Robert Tomsich has been in the fireworks business for over 30 years, but he said the season is the busiest he's ever seen. He owns Lightning Family Fireworks in Gary, Indiana. He's hired more staff to keep up with demand. He thinks it is caused by people feeling cooped up by the COVID-19 stay-at-home orders. Um, we've been working harder, longer hours, and probably twice a, twice a week for the past two or three weeks. We've been scrambling, he says. Tomsich said closures of Chinese factories uh, due to coronavirus has led to a 30 to 40% decrease in imports of fireworks. To get stock, he said he had to travel hundreds of miles to scope out fireworks and have them shipped back to Gary. Increased sales of fireworks are evidenced by more than 7,000 emergency calls made to the city for fireworks noise complaints this year. According to data of the Office of Emergency Management and Communications, it's a 736% increase over last year. Um, Now, sale, possession, and use of consumer fireworks other than small items like sparklers are prohibited in Illinois, but uh, Tomsich says he sees many buyers from Chicago and the suburbs. Uh, Lisa Zayas, owner of Smoke Shop Fireworks in Whiting, Indiana, said that she saw an unexpected sales spike for the celebration of Juneteenth. Meanwhile, sales at Smoke Shop are also booming. Zaya said that her main suppliers, which do the most importing from China, are out of fireworks. Some product shipments have been delayed and won't come out until after the 4th. I can't even get sparklers, she said. She speculated that the extra money from CARES, federal stimulus checks, for the unemployment benefit bonus might be some of the, some of the reason why people are buying more. Some of her customers are also buying in bulk because they're unable to find fireworks uh, that they want elsewhere. Uh, so uh, fireworks, are you hearing? Because uh, it just seems there seems to be an uptick. Uh, everybody seems to be talking about how you know the fireworks are uh, are, uh, are are pretty crazy this year, and it's not even the fourth. And you know the fourth falls on a Saturday this year too. So. Um, um, Marilyn O'Connor of Boomtown Fireworks in Dyer, Indiana, said people are buying fireworks because there isn't much else to spend money on right now. She said that half of the customers who buy from her have never purchased fireworks before. The fourth falling on a Saturday also factors into demand, she said. Uh, O'Connor, who purchased fireworks wholesale from China, said manufacturing issues started even before the COVID-19 pandemic with the closure of some Chinese factories that were unable to sustain being open for only half the year. Boomtown is not experiencing a shortage, O'Connor said, because the company keeps one year's supply in reserve. 
She said the fireworks market as a whole is experiencing strain because the demand the product exceeds the supply. So people want those fireworks. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy this year. It's gonna be crazy on the Fourth of July this year. Um, um, people want to get out. Uh, a lot of people are very disappointed that the fireworks displays are canceled. Um, so it's gonna be loud on Saturday. Tom, prepare for some loudness on Saturday. Uh, here's Sharon on WGN. Hi, Sharon. Hi, how are you? All right, what's up? Okay, just as you were stating about the fireworks, fireworks was going off, even at M80. It is so loud that it hurts your eardrums. Yeah. Every night, it's every night. They don't start until 8.30, and this is in Berwyn. Yeah. Yeah, we've heard all over all over the city and all over Illinois. This has been going on. Um, it's it's and it's more than ever. I think and, and again, some of these the the factors are that uh, people have been cooped up inside because of COVID. And uh, yeah, but it's, it's been going on the the first of May. It started the first of May. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Well, I mean, people were stuck inside, uh, and uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm not giving that as an excuse. I think it's terrible. What you know that that, that they're blowing off fireworks and and stuff like that. It's it, it's disturbing. Um, and Sharon, best of luck, uh, and uh, you know, just uh, hunker down. My daughter's dog is going crazy. I we bet. had to go to the place and get the dog some medication. Yeah, see, that's what's happening to a lot of animals while this is going on, and people don't even yeah. care. People don't even no, care. As don't. Well. No. All right, Thank thanks, you Sharon. Take care. You're welcome. Bye. Here's Linda on WGN. Hey, Linda. Hey, Nick. Hey. I'm going to miss you guys when you're gone. We're only gone one day, Linda. Is that yeah? But you won't be back Saturday or Sunday. I'm not on Saturdays and Sundays, Linda. <laughs> I know, I know. You're going to miss. Well, anyhow, that's not what I called for. I know a guy, and he had a shed in his backyard, and he was really going to town with stockpiling all them fireworks and everything. And he had some big baby boomers out there. The next thing he knew, somebody turned him in. I don't know who. FBI was on his door. We lost. Did, yeah. And the dudes. We're losing Linda. Got a bad connection, Linda. Thanks, though, for the call. So the dude got busted, basically. Had a whole shed full of fireworks. I don't understand it. Well, we'll talk more about it. If you if you want to talk more fireworks, it's 312-981-7200. We got the news coming up. And then if there's loud stuff going on in your neighborhood, how do you feel about it? 312-981-7200. Uh, the fireworks have gotten out of control this year, and we'll talk more about it after the news. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. And uh, we are live in the Skyline studio here on uh, 720 WGN. Uh, Paul Farvar and Marty DeRosa, uh, they have a podcast called Make Us a Mixtape, and they're putting together a 4th of July mixtape. We're going to talk about that and more with those guys. Very funny guys, too. Um, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Um, uh, We're going to talk about um, Taste of Chicago to go. little thing Dexter uh, Fowler talked about which is making me a little crazy considering how much i love dexter fowler and uh jason voorhees appears in a mask for a mask psa for those who don't know jason voorhees is the killer in the friday the 13th movies and he wears a hockey mask <laughs> so uh that's what's coming up uh carol suskind will be uh featured on the classic johnny carson you can watch the johnny carson show Every night on Antenna TV, and at 2.30 every morning, we play back some uh, some comedy from there, either stand-up or a sketch or an interview, things like that. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Um, as we've been discussing, the fireworks uh, issue this year has been pretty crazy, and uh, they've been blowing off fireworks. I mean, I like I said, they were blowing off a bunch of fireworks in my back courtyard apartment, in my apartment building, 
on on like all day on on Father's Day and into the evening. So uh, yeah, nuts. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred is the number. But do you think that they should just legalize? What do you think, Tom? Should should they, should they just go ahead and legalize uh, uh, fireworks in in Illinois? Well, uh, let, let me throw out this economic argument in the sense that we keep them illegal here in Illinois, and people are clearly very easily, especially here in Chicago, just going to Indiana. Just go to Indiana. What? How long does it take to get Indiana? Like Doesn't, 40, 40 minutes? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, get over to Indiana. They've got as soon as you get as right soon across as you, the border. As soon as you get over the border, there are nine hundred fire fireworks places mm-hmm. with giant signs. Yeah, so it's the the ease is there. So you could say we're just allowing you know other business businesses in other states to just take money, right? That could be spent in Illinois, um, and I think that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, the the argument here is, I mean, I think that's financially that makes sense. Like, it would be better for this state to profit, you know, from all the fireworks sales instead of giving giving you know the profits and stuff like that to other states like Indiana. That makes sense. The argument is, is that going to increase the use of fireworks? That's the argument. Is it well? You know, it's easy to get. I don't have to go to Indiana. I'm going to get some. You know, people who don't drive to Indiana now can get fireworks. So it it, it 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 it's 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 a complicated thing. So what do you think? Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Do you think uh, that we may as well just go in Illinois just legalize uh, fireworks? And again, it's a it's an interesting issue. Like financially, it would be a good good thing for the state, but I think it would would increase the use of fireworks. And we're already seeing an increase in use of fireworks, and it's crazy. Uh, what do you think? 312-981-7200. Here's John on WGN. Hi, John. Hi. Uh, thanks, you guys. Really interesting uh, discussions that you're bringing up tonight. As far as uh, just the fireworks overall, I'll tell you one thing. In Portage Park on the northwest side, everybody's blowing off fireworks, and mm-hmm. that's all over the city. It's out in the country. I've talked to friends from downstate. Everybody is releasing steam. But if you make these things legal... You're just going to have so many problems. We have them illegal for a reason. We are not Indiana. Yeah. And I just really wouldn't support that. Yeah. What I do support, you know, is this common sense usage. Somebody drives to Indiana or Wisconsin to get them like we did when we were kids. We took care of it. You know, we were careful with it because of that. We were lawbreakers, too. And that's not right. So, you know, I just want us to be careful. And, uh... On a different subject, i got to say something really important. I've gone to five different stores tonight to get gas, and I'm starting to not go anywhere where the clerk isn't wearing a mask and they don't have a, you got to wear a mask to get into the store. we got to take advantage of this. It's simple, guys. Very simple. Just wear a mask. Don't make me sick. Yeah. All Thank right. you for what you All do. Right. All right. Thanks, John. Take care. Yeah, you know, he just mentioned it, it on the northwest side, and he, he particularly picked Portage Park. And I don't live very far from Portage Park. And my parents live in uh, Portage Park. Um, and they said it's nuts. They said it's nuts. Um, you know, my parents live right off of Irving Park on a side street in an apartment building that has a lot of units and a big courtyard. And my mom said, you know, like fireworks were landing in the courtyard right outside their window. And um, 
It's just like I don't know what's going on on Northwest Side. I don't. I really don't know. What, I'm I'm a member of the Northwest Side. I live on the Northwest Side. I live in Old Irving Park, right right near Portage, right near Portage Park, and it's been it's been pretty crazy. Now now here's the thing though. Um, I think it's probably worse if you live on a side street. Now I happen to live on a loud street. I live on Irving Park. So it's loud already. There's a there's a the Kennedy Expressway is right outside my window. There's an L right outside my window. So it's not a quiet area that I live in. But I can imagine like if you live in a small like side street in a small neighborhood, you know, how disturbing that could be if it's just quiet and you're not near cuz you know it's I like I said I live in a loud neighborhood as it is. But I I I do have a courtyard in my in the back. Um, and you know, I'm just concerned that they're going to be out there. The neighbors are going to be out in the back courtyard, just blowing stuff up on, on Saturday night. And I'm assuming it's going to happen. So, uh, should they be legal is the question. It's an interesting, it's an interesting question to pose, I think, because again, it's twofold. I mean, it, 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 it could be good for the economy of Illinois, you know, not giving our money to Indiana, but then it will probably increase the use of fireworks and make it even worse. So, um, what do you think about this? And and how is the fireworks uh, situation in your area, in your neighborhood? Are you hearing them? Is it more than ever? 312-981-7200 uh, here on WGN. And uh, we'll return. It's Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. Uh, here till 4 o'clock. Paul Farvar and Marty DeRosa, who do Make Us a Mixtape podcast, um, has a 4th of July mixtape that they're putting together. And we're going to talk about that and some of the best songs uh, about the 4th of July or around the 4th of July. Uh, and speaking of the 4th of July, we are now discussing fireworks. It's been a pretty crazy couple of months um, in neighborhoods across the city and in the suburbs with people just blowing off fireworks like crazy. And I think Saturday is going to be um, even crazier. And the, the question is, first of all, uh, what's the fireworks situation in your area? Have you been hearing a lot of stuff uh, being blown up? And also uh, the, the question is this. Should they just be legal in Illinois? I mean, if people are going to Indiana to get them, um, you know, should the money go to Illinois instead of Indiana? Again, the argument is that might and probably will increase the use of fireworks. Uh, and it's already pretty crazy. So 312-981-7200. This is uh, Brian, who's in Laporte. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Um, just a couple questions and uh, comments on the fireworks. Um, actually, in my area here in Laporte, it's kind of quiet, so it's it's really good because I'm like in the country. But as far as making fireworks legal, illegal, this is my opinion. I think they should be made not to be sold to the public or like have such as professional type displays because people can do foolish things and not think and you know have common sense. Well, my yeah. Second, yeah, my second thing is, I used to live on the south side of Chicago, on 108th and Avenue B. And I, this had been 82, 83 when I had my paper route. I would deliver my papers, take my empty paper bag, drive underneath the toll road bridge, get to Indianapolis Boulevard down with Indiana, and I'd fill up my paper bag with bottle rockets and firecrackers. And I was 12, 13 years old. Mm. You know, because they, they would sell to anybody. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in 12, 13 years old, I was a terror. 
Yeah, well, it, that sounds like it. <laughs> and, you know, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, comment about, you know, the fireworks and stuff like that. All right. Okay, Brian, thanks. All right, thanks. All right. There's a kid just riding his bike over the border to get a, a, a newspaper bag full of fireworks. I, well, one, shout out to Brian for, uh, you know, using his paper route for good, for his own purposes in a way. <laughs> I think that, I think that's kind of funny. Uh, but that's weird that someone, and granted this was what, almost 40 he years said, ago? He said it was 1982 or 1982, so yeah. almost, almost 40 years ago now. Uh, I wonder if clerks at these places have probably become a little bit more conscientious oh, about I, who I hope they're so. selling to. I certainly hope so. I can't, I can't even remember the last time I was in a place that sold fireworks outside of you can go places. You get the little snakes and yeah, um, all that kind sparklers of stuff. Sparklers, stuff that's considered largely punks. non-threatening. What? Punks. What are punks? Punks are what you light fireworks with. You light, you, 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 you oh, light the end yeah, of it yeah. and it's it's like it, it's like sizzling hot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's shaped like a sparkler, but it's right. brown. And you light it at the end, and then it it gets hot, and that's what you 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 know you can use a punk to light the uh, I see the wick on the uh, and whatever you're blowing up. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I've never I've never purchased fireworks in my life. Ever, I've never. I mean, I had the like you said snakes and yeah, snakes, sparklers, that's stuff stupid, that you give to kids. Yeah, that's stupid stuff that you know. In the seventies, we I we used to you know burn some snakes and stuff like that. But that's about it. Yeah. I've never bought fireworks in my life. Meanwhile, you can go to the store and get a chemistry set. It's got uranium. Well, in yeah, it. that's that was. <laughs> I had a chemistry set when I was a kid. Yeah, it's amazing that people who grew up in my generation and and, and even older made it through their childhood without getting killed. By the toys that they had. <laughs> Are you enjoying your chemistry tre- set, Nick? Here, I bought you a bowl of paint chips. Yeah. Here's a wood-burning kit. That was always one of my favorites. That was very, very popular in the 70s, the wood bur- 60s and 70s wood-burning kit. It's basically a soldering iron. You're, you're giving your 7-year-old a soldering iron. That's it. So, uh, let's see. Here's uh, Sean on WGN. Hi, Sean. Nick, love your show. How you doing? Thanks. Good. Yeah, uh, you know, the fireworks, I think they should be legal, but they should have restrictions, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, limitations on, you know, populated areas like cities and suburbs. But in the rural areas, I mean, like I live in the country. I live in Sandwich, so yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. But I do know, because I grew up in the east side of Aurora, so I do know it is a problem. You know, with you know, with uh, you know, fire hazards. I mean, they could they could hit somebody's roof and damage somebody's property. Yeah. So I do I do believe there should be really high restrictions on you know in, in highly populated areas, but in the rural areas, I don't see it. It's a big deal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, people got to act responsibly with everything else. So it's, yeah, you know, I, I just my thing is Sean is the, you know the, the the thing that concerns me the most is how uh, how it affects uh, veterans. And you know, younger people and older people and pets. You know what I mean? It's sure. it, it, sure. it, it's it's just that's my that's my major problem with with all the fireworks being blown off. Right, and I agree because uh, you know my dogs are not. Yeah, and uh, in Aurora where I grew up, oh my god, it was like it was like a war, like a world war going on. Oh yeah, on the Fort yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I yeah. I do agree that it, it is it is a tough uh, it is a tough you know conversation to have. Yeah, it's a complicated uh, thing. It's a complicated issue. It is. Thank all right, you. Sean. Thanks, buddy. Yep. Take care. 
877-867-7200. Here's Ike on WGN. Go ahead, Ike. Hey, Nick. How's it going with you, man? All right. Yeah, I think uh, the the laws should stay the same, but maybe do like uh, all like special holidays. But I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you something, man. I've been he- before July. I've been hearing firecrackers uh, outside my house like crazy. Yeah, and some of them are, sound- are starting to sound like gunshots. I'm starting to have a theory that there might be that there might be gunshots. And I think they're doing this because of the the crap going on with the riots and the looters, man. Well, I think I, I, yeah, well, I mean, I you know that's the other thing is that some people are like, I can't tell whether that was a that was a fireworks or a gunshot, and that's been that's been one of the things that's been going on all over this all over the uh, all over the state so you yeah, know yeah, yeah. Uh, all right thanks ike no problem all right 312-981-7200 peter is on wgn hi peter hi how are you doing today all right what's up uh my question is what percentage of people do you think know why we blast fireworks on this fourth of july well it's it's to celebrate uh, the independence of the country that's you are you are correct. Yeah, the bombs bursting in air. Right, but how many people that blast fireworks know this? Well, they might know it, but they don't care. That's the point. They're, <laughs> they're just doing it to they're just doing it to blow stuff up, Peter. They don't care. So, all right. Well, that's that's uh, that's our history lesson for the morning. <laughs> Uh, phone lines are open. Thank you, Peter. 312-981-7200. Do, do you think that they, we should just legalize fireworks in Illinois? You know? It's a complicated issue. And uh, what's the fireworks situation in your neighborhood? 312-981-7200. So, yeah, I've never purchased fireworks in my in, in, in my life. I've ever been a, a, kind of an anti-firework household. Yeah, um... Yeah, me too. We had friends who would blow off fireworks every every year. And then on top of that, you know, some of these things come in like uh, cardboard tubes. And those are left on the ground. You know what I mean? Like they blow that stuff up. Not only that, I know people who have, uh, you know, pools or above ground pools in their backyard and uh, bottle rocket sticks all over the pool. Because this stuff falls down. It's got to fall down from somewhere. You know, it goes up into the sky. It's got to come down. And I've known people who have, like, you know, pools in their backyard who were like, yeah, you know, I have to put the pool cover on. And then it's it, there's a whole bunch of bottle rocket sticks that are on top of the pool. And, you know, there's, and, and the other stuff that you blow up, people leave it all over the place. You know, it's like those, you know, you know what I'm talking about. When they, you know, the cardboard tubes, you light the thing. And the fireworks are inside the tube, and then they fly out, and then that tube gets all burnt up, and it's, it's empty, and they just leave it laying there, blowing stuff off in an alley. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's a good thing that you didn't have a pyromaniac streak there. I did not. Never went through a pyromaniac streak. Never you, did. You think that's common? Do you think most... Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say young you mean, like men. play with matches and stuff. Yeah. Play like, like play with matches. Like you find your mom's lighter or something like well, that. Well, I or... think that, I think that I don't think so much now. No. Younger people in my generation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did everything crazy when I, when we were growing, I was just, we were just talking about toys that we had. What are some of the names of the fireworks? That's another thing that's hilarious. Like certain, certain, uh, fireworks have these like, you know, uh, what are, what are names of the fireworks? We should uh, we should Google that. 
Why don't we take? Why don't we see if we can find something uh, like an article on weirdly named fireworks because they all have very strange names. So, all right, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. What's the situation like in your world um, with the with the fireworks? Uh, have you been hearing an excessive amount this season? And uh, again, the question, and it's a it's a it's a weird question. It's a complicated one. Should we just legalize them in Illinois? People are getting them anyway. So, you know, the economy may as well come, you know, the money may as well stay within Illinois instead of going to Indiana. Um, yeah. 312-981-7200. Hey, happy 4th. <laughs> you know, it's weird, Tom, because it goes on longer. Because my birthday is the 6th, and I, I still hear fireworks going off every year on my birthday. There's still, it's like two days later, and the fireworks, bloom, bling, bloom, bling, bloom. And I don't think it's because they're honoring my birthday. <laughs> That's what I'd like to think. It's funny. My aunt, God rest her soul, uh, was born on the 4th. And she had a July 4th birthday. And uh, when she was a, a little kid, um, she was told by um, her mother that they were, the fireworks were for her. Because my, my aunt was born on the 4th. What's really funny is my aunt... Uh, that's that's my mom's uh, sister. Um, she passed away some time ago. She was one of one of my favorite relatives of all time. She taught me to swear. By the way, my aunt Judy taught me to swear. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, she she told my mom that uh, she needs to go into the hospital and have me on the fourth so that we had the same birthday. But she had me two days later. My my aunt was mad. <laughs> She was a wonderful woman, man. She was just a character, man. All right, 312-981-7200. What's the fireworks situation like in your area? Uh, and uh, should they be just legalized in Illinois? And we're going to also uh, look up some weirdly named fireworks because some of the some of the firework names are crazy. Uh, 312-981-7200. Nick DiGilio here. All right. Hello. Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. Live in the Skyline studio. Coming up uh, uh, coming up uh, after one, Paul Farvar and Marty DeRosa are going to join us. Uh, they put together a podcast called Make Us a Mixtape, and they've got a 4th of July-themed mixtape uh, podcast coming up, and we're going to talk about what songs are there and other things, too. Two very funny guys as well. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number a little bit later on. We are going to talk about uh, Taste of Chicago to Go. Um, the Sox are going to play the Cardinals at the Field of Dreams. We'll talk a little bit about that. Jason Voorhees from the Friday the 13th movie appears in a mask PSA <laughs> and uh, and more. And the regular Friday features that we do on Friday, since we're not on tomorrow, we're off for uh, the 4th of July observance. So we're going to do them uh, this morning after 3. So straight out of context, that's when you listen to this uh, show 24, listen to the station 24-7 whenever anybody uh, says something that you can pull out of context and it sounds a little dirty and it makes you giggle. You jot down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. Uh, Nick D. Show Spies. That's when you listen to the station 24-7. Whenever anybody mentions me in any capacity, we want you. We want to know about it. You become a spy. Jot down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. And we got you, big dummy. And that's where we read real uh, news stories about real dumb people doing real dumb stuff. And then we vote on who's the biggest dummy. Tom votes, I vote, and then the first person through it. 312-981-7200 votes. We're talking fireworks right now. Um and uh, uh, how, how is, what's the situation like uh, in your area in terms of like uh, the use of fireworks 
And also, should they just be legal in Illinois since people are just going to Indiana and getting them anyway? May as well have some uh, income coming into the into uh, Illinois. Here's Becky on WGN. Hi, Becky. Well, Nick, there was a fantastic physician in northwest Indiana by the name of Dr. Hetty Kuhn, and she was a member of the Kuhn Clinic, the eye clinic, who probably took care of more kids' eyes than she would ever have liked. And she went about and became a leader in the community and got the fireworks uh, outlawed. And as soon as that lady died, I swear the, the fireworks came in and really solid in the community. Yeah, well, I mean, the fire, that's where people go to get fireworks, Becky. And I was a pediatric nurse. And I used to see the burns on their hands and terrible eye injuries and blindness. Yeah. It would just make you sick. I think the people that have these fireworks, they should go spend some time in an emergency room and see what comes in on a 4th of July. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good point, it's Becky. all in the name of money. Yep. Okay, Becky. Thanks. Mm-hmm. 312-981-7200. Here's Rich on WGN. Hey, Rich. Hey, what's up, Nick? Hey. Hey, um, black cats are really popular, and obviously um, cherry bombs and M80s. And uh, My dad bet me I wouldn't get a crew cut if he wouldn't go a little current up in Canada and get some fireworks. <laughs> so I got a crew cut. <laughs> uh, I see. When I was about six. Okay. All right, Rich. Thanks a thanks a lot. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Here's Mike on WGN. Hey, Mike. Hey, doing, Nick. All right. Uh, I live down live down here in Fallon, Illinois, about fifteen minutes out of St. Louis, and it's kind of like you with Indiana up in the Chicago area. You hit you cross the Mississippi and the stake to the tents right next to the river for the for the fireworks stands. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I, I, I've seen a lot of fireworks since May, probably mid to late May, and I think some of that was. A lot of high schools were during virtual graduations, and they would have a ceremony where everybody would come in the parking lot, and even though they couldn't have the graduation ceremony, they would shoot off fireworks to the kids at the high school. I know a number of schools did that around here. And also, there was a lot of fireworks around Ju- Juneteenth, kind of, right. almost as many as you would see on the 4th. So I think that's probably why you're sitting it. And it was days before that and after that. There was a lot of fireworks going on. So yeah. I think that's that's part of it. Yeah, that, that, I mean that's part of it, but that's that's part of it, but it's still happening. Right, <laughs> so right. It's just it's still happening. So you know, um, so oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, thanks, thanks, uh, thanks, Mike. Oh, in terms of legalizing, I don't think they should be legal. You see too many of them being used in these protests as weapons. Until this gets cleaned up, they ought to be just in the hands of professionals. Okay. All right, Mike. Thanks. Okay. No problem. Okay. All right. Uh, we got names of some of these fireworks. How about this one? Fight fire with fire. It's a uh, warning. Shoots flaming balls. <laughs> That's the name of one of, of a firework. You're going to stand there owning a firework stand and tell me you don't have no whistling bungholes? <laughs> Is that Joe Dirt? Yeah, Joe Dirte. I actually really like that movie. And I'm not a big David Spade guy, 
But I think that movie's funny. All right, how about this firework? Warning again, shoots flaming balls. Wake up the gators. That's the name of this firework. And I'm looking at the packaging, and it's a giant alligator face. Wake up the gators. How about this? Duck Commander is the company. It seems to be a very popular firework company. Warning, shoots flaming balls. Ladies' night out. It's just a picture of a woman with fireworks behind her. Grab yourself a box of fireworks and some Franzia wine. This is the uh, fireworks for the ladies. Yeah, for for your delicate lady hands. Um, How about six maximum loaded canister shells with a fiberglass tube, and they're called Echo in the Ear. (laughs) It's encouraging some damage to your hearing. Uh, warning shoots flaming balls, bad reputation is what it's called. And it's got like a woman, it's basically a woman's like chest from her lip. You you don't, you you don't see her face, but from her lips down with a holding a rose. I have no idea what that has to do, but she's got a bad reputation. Apparently that's the name of a firework. I'm not making this stuff up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Cutting Edge Fireworks is this co- <laughs> is this company. The name of the the name of the firework. By the way, it says caution: emit showers of sparks. It's called bare knuckle fighting. <laughs> Here, here's a here's a real humdinger. Yeah. Uh, these appear to be uh, so. Caution: emits ca- uh, crackling sparks. Pyro Viagra. Oh, no. <laughs> Pyro Viagra? Yeah. I don't know what they are. They kind of look like these egg-shaped. They're blue. They're, they're <laughs> Pyro Viagra. And it sh- you said it shoots sparks? Yeah. I, don't, I can't even tell what they're supposed to be. You probably light the top of it. Something like that. And walk away, and then sparks just shoot out of the top of it. But if you can't decide on one set, of fireworks, you can get a nice mega assortment. Uh, this one called "Grounds for Divorce." <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that one. <laughs> Grounds for divorce. That's pretty great. Um. All right, let's see. Oh, come on now! Uh, World class fireworks, one hundred and fifty six shots. Face this side. Towards the spectators, please. Uh, performance first fifteen will be uh, will be blue, and a warning shoots flaming balls, and it's called Tears for Fear. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Um. Okay, sixty nine shots. Warning. Oh, this is a, here's a, here's a good warning. You ready for this one? This says right on the right on the package, on the firework itself. Warning: may reignite. Soak with water after use. <laughs> good God! Warning: shoots flaming balls. And this is like the 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 image on the on the package on the on the on the firework package is basically it's the Earth on fire. And the name of the firework is the end. 
So if you want to blow up the world, get this firework. No spleen splitters, whisker biscuits, honky lighters, hoosker do's, hoosker don'ts, cherry bombs, nips of dazers, with or without the scooter stick, or one single whistling kitty chaser? <laughs> I remember when that movie came out, um, and I gave it a I gave it a good review. People were like, "There's something wrong with you." Ain't nothing wrong with liking Joe Dierte. I don't like the sequel. I don't think David Spade likes the sequel. Yeah, I don't like the sequel, but I think the first one. I was really surprised by Joe Dirt. It's funny. It's funny. It's, it's super it's, funny. It's, it's also it's Forrest Gump. It's like the same. It's like Forrest Gump. All right, how about this? Seventy-three shots, maximum load. Kingbird Fireworks Company. Um, warning shoots flaming balls and reports. What does that mean? Reports? To what whom? It, that's what it says. It says shoot shoots flaming balls and reports. And the name of the the name of it is money bags. <laughs> here's here's one from Brothers Heavyweights. Shoots flaming balls. Yeah. Sixteen shots. Uh Uncle Sam's answer. <laughs> I like that one. I, if, if I'm going to set off any set of fireworks on 4th of July, it's going to be Uncle Sam's answer. Yeah. I want you to blow up this firework. Oh, man. How about this one? Phantom Phantom brand fireworks emits showers of sparks. Mulberry Street Mayhem Fountain. And the 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 mascot is a guy named Baby John who apparently works at Cafe Palermo. He's got a crown on. He's got an apron. And then right next to his face, it says, the number one cannoli king. (laughs) (laughs) Who, I mean, who comes up with these? I don't know. There must be one guy. I feel like it's one guy sitting in a broom closet. Who's just like, been locked up forever. He's huffing paint at this point. I got a great name here. Mulberry Street Mayhem. With the cannoli king. <laughs> uh, I trust a firework from the cannoli king. I'll say yeah, that much. Especially if his name is Baby John. Baby John the cannoli king. That's right. All right. Uh, all right. More ridiculous fireworks names. If you want to jump in, it's 312-981-7200 on WGN. Hello. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. Uh, we're going to be talking to the two They're two very funny guys, Paul Farvar and uh, Marty DeRosa. Together they host a podcast called Make Us a Mixtape. And they're putting together a 4th of July mixtape podcast, and we're going to talk about 4th of July songs and their podcast. And I'll probably bring up some wrestling, because Marty's a big uh, pro wrestling fan. And the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. All right, we've been talking about the use of fireworks um, and how it's been crazy this year. 4th of July coming up this weekend. And uh, we've been going through actual names of fireworks and, and the packaging. How about this one from Duck Commander? That's the, the the company. The ultimate man card. And it's got a bearded guy with sunglasses and in in, in in the lenses of his sunglasses a reflection is flames. And you know the the yellow warning tape all over the front of the fire. Ooh. And it shoots flaming balls. Are you man enough? You know the Duck Commander it says it's Duck Commander Fireworks? Yeah, that, that's that's those Duck Dynasty guys. Duck Commander? Yeah, that's their that's their company. I don't man. watch I don't watch Duck Dynasty. Oh yeah, no, that's their thing. So they, they make fireworks? 
I well, I did. I didn't think that they did. I thought that they. I thought made, they were, don't they hunt ducks? Isn't that why they? Yeah. Well, they made the the duck call. Oh, they made the duck call. Yeah. Okay. They like patented a real you know yeah. real popular type of duck call. That's why they're bajillionaires or whatever. But yeah, I've never seen that show. Aren't they all weird and have beards? Yeah, they got big old beards and they love shooting ducks. Okay. And they are also wealthy. How about this one? A firework called self illumination. And it's a, a robot light bulb plugging into the wall. That's what's... <laughs> what that has to do with fireworks, I don't know. It says, shoots flaming balls, and this is from world-class fireworks. Well, if they're world-class. Yeah. Tip-top. All right, how about this? From Phantom Brand Fireworks. Six flights of screaming mines rise up to spectacular palm trees with color tips and crackles. It's called Here Come the Judge. There's a judge with the with the wig on in a robe holding his gavel. Here here's a good one. Here's a good one. This is uh starting out it's called Psycho X Girlfriend. Oh god. Uh, pictured is, you know, a version of the 50-foot woman. Uh performance starting out sweet and innocent, this psycho erupts into a blazing aerial phenomenon. Wow. But they spelled phenomenon wrong and put an M at the end instead of an N. Phenomenom? Phenomenom. Do 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 do. Yeah. Also from World Class Fireworks, this one shoots flaming balls as well. It's called Evil, Wicked, Mean, and Nasty. And the uh, and the image on it is a skull surrounded by guns and knives. <laughs> yeah, evil, mean, evil, wicked, mean, and nasty. I know you were on the phone. Did you hear what the what the cover of this is? Oh. It's a skull surrounded by uh, automatic weapons and knives. Well, I mean, that just screams, you know, good for the kids. How about this? Size matters. Come on. <laughs> that's, that's what it says. Size matters. All right. Okay. It's from Miracle Fireworks. <laughs> it's a miracle you'll have any hands left. How about from Mega 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 Banger Fireworks? Uh it says it shoots flaming balls, you get twelve shots of it. Attitude adjustment. <laughs> I think my therapist put that on on my report once. Uh, attitude adjustment. All right. About uh let's see we got more. Bite your tushy. It's got a an evil dog on the front. Oh, psycho girlfriend is here. Now yeah, I see it. Yeah, psycho ex-girlfriend. Magical. That's hilarious. Another one grounds for divorce. I like the image on this ground. You didn't describe the image. It's like a, a father, animated father, very, very happy with a ton of fireworks and a, and a young child behind him. And they're all just thrilled. And they're just completely happy. And it's called, it's called <laughs> grounds for divorce. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, wow. There's Pyro Viagra. <laughs> okay, so this image is, uh, it's like Winnie the Pooh dressed as a pimp. Winnie the Pooh dressed as a pimp from Legend Fireworks, and it's called Bitch Better Have My Honey. 
H U N N Y. Why? Why would they do such a thing to a to a beloved children's oh, character? Man. Oh, how about this one? Big blue balls, <laughs> and that's exactly what they are. I'm looking at it. Oh, come on now! All right, TNT, Golden Shower Fountain. You got to be kidding me! All right, how about this one, Luna Chick? <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a picture of a little chick, a little chicken chick, uh, and he's got a gun and uh, and shotgun shells wrapped around his yeah, his waist. A bandolier of a bandolier, yeah, shells. of shotgun shells. Luna Chick. I mean, I'm surprised. Only ten bucks. Yeah, only ten bucks. Oh, this is a good one. Are you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. This is a good one from World Class Fireworks. It emits showers of sparks. And it's called Neighbor Hater. <laughs> See, these are the fireworks that you are, have available for this uh, weekend. <laughs> so l- let me ask you this. Are you going to watch anything or watch any fireworks displays on like TV? Because no. sometimes they televise them. No. You don't even like just general fireworks? No. I know I it's not you know. fun when they're setting them off right next to your yeah. house at all hours of the night. Yeah. But you've never been a fireworks guy, not even a no. little bit. I, I do enjoy the fireworks display when they're professionally done. I'll get, I'll, I will give them that. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I, I'm opposed or anything. I just don't. I'm, it's not. I'm not going to go out of my way to go to a fireworks display. Well, you're not into parades either. No, I do not. I'm not, except for the gay pride parade. And well, that's always that's the only parade I like. Mm-hmm. The gay pride parade is fantastic, and I was so disappointed. I mean, I understand why they had to cancel it this year, but it was it's it's such a blast. Everybody is so happy at the Great Pride Parade. And you see so many people, I mean, the, the outfits alone. But no, I've never been a big, a big parade guy. Like, I don't get up on Thanksgiving to watch the Macy's Parade or anything like that. I do enjoy if they have good floats. If they've got, if they've got or like the, they have the big inflatables. Those are always fun. Yeah, the big inflatables are kind of fun. I, I will say that. I will say that. Um, how about this one from Brothers Fireworks? Shotgun Wedding. And the image is they're out in front of a church, and they're in the sky, and the the groom is obviously uh, leaving because the bride has a shotgun in her hand. Oh, here's one from Three Star Fireworks, Saddam Adam Bomb, and it's got a picture of Saddam Hussein on it. What? <laughs> <laughs> Who are these I don't, people? I don't know. Saddam Adam Bomb. just insane um how about this from tnt company forced entry (laughs) oh this is a great one okay so the image is like a like a, a skull with an eyeball grimacing meanly dressed up like uncle sam and it's from world class fireworks and it's called that's your problem (laughs) <laughs> this stuff is hilarious well hey you know it's fireworks you gotta you can't take them too seriously i suppose this one shoots flaming balls and it's called the punisher then there's just a dude pointing a gun at your face and then a car that's the it's not even the skull logo all all of these pack all of this packaging looks like it was made the day before yeah. in photoshop 
Like someone, oh, it's terrible. Yeah, just it's, paid it's a ridiculous. dude fifty bucks. Like if you can have this to me by tomorrow, it would be fifty bucks and a case of beer. That's it. If that. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is okay. I like this one. You know, we were talking about the snakes, right? You light the snake, and it and it and the ash, you know, expand expands. Well, this is called poopy puppy, and the snake is uh, is right by the dog's butt, and so when you light it, it looks like <laughs> it looks like the dog is pooping. Childish. How about nuclear sunrise? Nuclear? Yeah. Or nuclear? Nuclear. <laughs> How about venge- vengeful Texan is another real firework. <laughs> Anxiety attack. Scarface and Al Pacino is on the... How do they do that? How do they legally do that? I'm guessing they don't, but yeah. if Al Pacino wanted to open up a... You know, a court case against everybody who used his image illegally. Oh, man. American intensity. All right. There we go. Uh, Enjoy your fourth, everyone. (laughs) News is up next. Hello. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio here until 4 o'clock. And uh, since we're not on uh, tomorrow, Thursday night, into Friday morning, the regular features that we do on Friday morning, we're going to do this morning after 3 o'clock. So we got straight out of context, Nick D. Show Spy, uh, You Big Dummy, and Fly Jams Friday. So get your requests going. DJ Luscious Hushes making a uh, uh, a rare Thursday morning appearance. He's not happy about it, man. <laughs> I had to I had to really sweeten the pot for him. Uh huh. Yeah, okay. I got a, I got him a Danish. Oh well, if that's all it takes. Yeah, you know. Um, and we're gonna talk about the Taste of Chicago to go. Um, Jason Voorhees appears in a mask PSA. White Sox are going to play the Cardinals at the Field of Dreams, and uh, uh, Dexter Fowler, who I love, said something dumb. And that's coming up. 312-981-7200 is the phone number, and that's the Team Hockberg phone line if you want to call in. Um, Paul Favrar and uh, Marty DeRosa are both comedians, and they host a podcast called Make Us a Mixtape Podcast. And we're going to be talking about 4th of July mixtapes. Uh, let's uh, get them on. Here's uh, Paul. Hey, Paul. Hey. Uh, and, what's up, Nick? Hey. And then uh, Marty. Hey, Marty. Hey, what's up, bud? Hey. All right. Uh, well, first of all, Paul, let's uh, for people who might not know, what's your background? When did you get into comedy and all that? Uh, Paul Farvar. I'm a comedian, former lawyer, former musician, and a music insider. Uh, I started comedy... Uh, wow, I just started stand up nine years ago. Mm. So, and you you do incorporate uh, the lawyer angle into into some, uh, into a show, right? Yeah, I have a show called uh, Everyone's a Lawyer, where uh, three comedians act as lawyers, and I host it, and we put them through real life cases, and uh, they act as lawyers defending the hard to defend and stuff that's in the news uh, that people like dumb people do, kind of like you big dummy, so. yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And then, uh, Mark and Marty's won it before too. Marty, you've won it. Uh, uh, uh you're, everyone's a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Watching numerous, uh, uh, lawyer shows, uh, you know, throughout the, throughout the day, I sharpened my, my legal skills. Yeah. Well, and I, I knew that one of the comics I was going against, uh, didn't show up to one of his own trials, uh, so he uh, he was easy to get disqualified. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Marty went personal. Marty went for a personal attack in his closing argument that 
sealed the, the victory for him. Ah, that was uh, amazing. That's all right, Marty. What's your background? Uh, just uh, not uh, definitely not a lawyer. Just working like warehouses and stuff, and uh, <laughs> I got into comedy. And uh, yeah, I I I, uh, I don't know. I like pro wrestling and comedy. Those are my two favorite things on the planet. So I talk about those all the time. And you have a podcast uh, um, about pro wrestling. What's that called? Yeah, uh, Marty and Sarah love wrestling, and we've we've been on here before talking about all the all the fun the fun stuff in wrestling. Yeah. Well, have you been watching? You've been watching, obviously. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I I gotta say, as far as Raw goes, uh, I I love Seth Rollins as a, a a maniac heel. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's definitely different. And uh, anytime somebody gets to be like a real weirdo or like a cult leader, that's always a, a fun. Must be so fun to do. Yeah, yeah. I like the and I love the fact that the that Oscar's getting such a big push. Yeah, she's she's been like the number one person to really thrive during the uh, pandemic, where there's either no audience or very limited audience on the WWE side. She's been like the one to to make the most of it. Yeah, she's great, man. I just I I, I just I, I've always liked her, man. But she's it's, she's definitely one of the best things that's on uh, WWE. Yeah, for sure. So, what did you think of uh, uh, the shows last night? Oh man, I thought they were good. I went, uh, you know, old old school like Raw Nitro. I usually would watch a one and then I'll watch the other, but I, I decided to get the old, you know, two TV deal out. I had my laptop going and my TV and I was switching back and forth and I thought uh, both of them were so awesome. Yeah. They're doing a great job at AEW, I'll tell you. Yeah, that was that main event, that tag team match was the coolest and when you have a tag team getting dropped off by one of the wrestlers' moms in her minivan, it's, uh, it's, it's great TV. It's great TV. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what do you think is uh, – so how, when do they tape now? Because they're not, they're not going live. Yeah, WWE's taping all throughout the week. Uh, AEW, a lot of times they'll tape a little earlier that afternoon. You know, they'll tape a little earlier in the afternoon. So they, they had taped uh, next week's episode as well. So that'll, that'll already be, uh, that's already been taped. But they've been pretty good about keeping spoilers from leaking out. And then, you know, that'll just uh, air next week. That's got to be difficult to, to try and keep the spoilers, right? I mean, if you're taping a week ahead of time or two weeks ahead of time, you know, with the way the internet, yeah. the way the internet is, especially in the wrestling community, you know, there's got to be, there's got to be, it's got to be very difficult to keep that stuff secret. Yeah, it's hard to do that. And it's hard to keep a lot of times too, like continuity. Um, it's, it's really funny, like back in the day when like WGN had, uh, you know, a, a WCW show and there would be title changes on that that didn't happen. And there'd be all sorts of like crazy continuity things because, you know, they would tape stuff out of order or tape stuff way in advance and people would leave and just all kinds of crazy things. So it's, it's difficult. It is difficult, but the, I think they're, I think the, the, you know, they're, they're, they're rising to the occasion. And I, I've also been noticing, um, in the audiences, uh, lots of masks, which is good. I mean, they had WWE had a little bit of a, a COVID scare last week, where multiple people uh, came down with it, or there was a couple false positives too. So they're definitely and a lot of the state regulated now too in Florida. Yeah, I noticed that they actually have raw masks. Were they provided by the by, <laughs> by, by WWE? I noticed some of, some of the guys in the audiences had raw masks. That was the craziest thing because they're they're selling masks on their website. They have all. All the big wrestlers and the shows and everything, they have the masks. They could have been wearing them all the time, but they just decided they didn't want people wearing masks on TV because this is supposed to be this 
escape for people, so they don't want to see masks, which, you know, uh, led to people getting getting sick there. Somebody in the crowd was the first one to sort of spread it. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, we, them, yeah. we need everybody to stay safe. I love watching wrestling, but safety is the first thing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's okay. number one. All right. Listen, uh, Paul and Marty, hold on. And we're going to talk about your podcast and the 4th of July and some 4th of July songs. Uh, it's Paul Farvar and Marty DeRosa. They're both comedians, and they have a Make, a mix, make Us a Mixtape podcast. And we'll tell you all about that. Plus, we're going to talk about some songs for the 4th of July that should be on your mixtape. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. If you, have a call, if you have a comment or a question, if you just want to join us, we're happy to have you. 312-981-7200. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, and we are live in the Skyline studio, <clears throat> 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago, and we're here until 4 o'clock. Um, Paul Farvar and uh, Marty DeRosa, they host a uh, podcast called Make Us a Mixtape, and we're talking about 4th of July mixtape. What songs would be... Uh, would be good there. Uh, and here's uh, Paul and uh, Marty. Welcome back, gentlemen. Yeah, hey. hey. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, let's see. Paul, tell, tell, uh, tell us about Make Us a Mixtape. So uh, Make Us a Mixtape was uh, a brainchild that uh, Marty and I had for uh, just uh, coming up with. We both love talking about music at shows, at our stand-up shows. We always talk about music and stuff because I know nothing about wrestling. And so uh, we, uh, we started... Uh, having our friends on and then and people that we know in the music industry to come on and uh, and give us a mixtape and play a song and then we talk about the songs that they pick and uh, during the quarantine we started making mixtapes for each other because we couldn't have guests on and then uh, that's something we've started to incorporate into shows too like we we did soundtracks a couple weeks ago we did the year 2000 songs from 2000. And then uh, tomorrow we're releasing one for the year 1994, which for me was a really hard year because that was, in my opinion, one of the greatest years of music. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a fun excuse to, to talk about music and talk about our lives and uh, how songs have shaped them. Oh. All right, Marty, how did the soundtrack one go? What, what, what soundtracks were mentioned? Oh, man, I'm trying to remember uh, some of the soundtracks that were there. Train Spotting uh, was definitely one of them that was on mine. Um, man, I can't. I, I'm, trying, I'm like completely stuck right now. I was trying to think of some of those old soundtracks and soundtracks that were like, no, oh, the Clueless soundtrack was one of mine as well. Uh, I thought yeah. there were some some bangers on the Clueless soundtrack. Yeah. That's um, yeah, those were, those were uh, definitely a couple of them. We were talking about like the the Boogie Night soundtrack, and, uh, yeah, I can't even remember all of them. What about Paul? Yeah, Marty, do you remember any more, Paul? Yeah, Marty had uh, Marty had Lust for Life from Iggy Pop, and he had Clueless. He had Juice, uh, Eric B. and Rakeem, and oh, I think yeah. he had uh, Superfly was oh. another one that Marty had. Yeah, so the thing... The other thing about our podcast is you can only have five songs, which makes it hard. Yeah. Um, for me, I had... Uh, Jimmy Cliff, The Harder They Come, I had uh, that one. I had uh, Roxy Music, More Than This, from uh, from Lost in Translation. Yeah. I had uh, A Quick One While He's Away, which was uh, Rushmore. It was a uh, Rushmore great scene in that, that movie. And by the way, that soundtrack is on. Well, that sound, all, of, all of Wes Anderson's soundtracks are great. Yeah. Yeah. That's a movie that I, I still consider one of my favorite movies of all time. And I also had... Uh, I had uh, Drown by Smashing Pumpkins from uh, Singles. Oh, sure. But yeah. um, it's funny because I wanted to put Magnolia, 
and I know that's a movie you and I talked about before, Nick, but the week before I, I just put Amy Mann on, uh, on one of our other podcasts for the year that that came out. So I was like, yeah, I don't want to repeat it. So. Oh, so, so for when you guys did 1999, then you picked, you picked the song from Magnolia. Yeah, we did 1999. We did 2000. We, we did 1995. And, uh, Tomorrow, we should have been smart, and uh, Marty and I aren't the brightest uh, people. We should have done a, a 4th of July episode, uh, but we didn't. But we, we decided to do 1994. 1994. <laughs> what's, more American, what's more American than 1994, let's well, be honest. Well, well, a, let's go I mean, back. What, what, what about 1994 was so special, Paul? For me, that was a great year for music, man. Uh, I, there were so many great, great songs and great albums that came out. For me, like... Uh, the Cranberries, uh, no need for Ar- no need to argue, was one of my favorite uh, albums of all time. Uh, Weezer had an album that year. Uh, Jeff Buckley, who is one of my all-time favorites, uh, Beastie Boys had one. And there, and there were a lot of just like one. That was it. Was that, that was nineteen ninety four? Was that Ill Communication? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a great record. That's a great record. It's such a great record, and there were so many like. Weezer's Blue Album is still that was a great record too. And then for the for our podcast and we and we had a lot of guests that get angry at us that you could only put five songs. But right. Like when Marty and Marty and I started doing it ourselves, we're like, damn, this is really hard. Like even now, just with the Jeff Buckley, for example, Grace is one of my favorite albums of all time. Like, what song do you pick? Right. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard episode to to, to limit to just one hour, yeah. but we'll see what happens. Well Marty, what were some of your choices from that year? For '94, I'm yeah. still uh, I'm, I'm still underway. We haven't told each other our mix. <laughs> oh, yet. oh, okay. Yeah. We yeah we reveal them right before you know. Oh, I see. Okay. Show. All right. Every once in a while, we'll have some of the same uh, some of the same answers. But yeah, for for '94, it's just such a wild year where a lot of times I'll start with like the uh, Billboard Top 100 or. Uh, you know, like Rolling Stones top 100, and you're like at 80, and you've got you know 10 songs already that you're just like, oh, oh yeah, that song, that song. Yep. And 94, you you start to get into that weird sort of like territory of these like songs that would have been on alternative radio that were just so weird that they didn't fit like in any other type of music, but they were these like weird, a lot of times kind of one hit wonders, but just like such great weird songs that I I just missed that I that you know 94 was like you know, the peak of those kind of songs. Did the Crow soundtrack come out in 94 or my nuts? Uh, that might have been 95. Right. It might have been 95. Like, yeah, it could have been. That was another, that got an honorable mention because we uh, we would do backyard wrestling and the Crow soundtrack was uh, pretty good for like ominous wrestling theme songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have like a, we have like a Venn diagram where Marty's music and my music kind of blend. There's always a, that one in, once in a while we both have the same songs or the same type of music. But, like, I grew up, you know, in the western suburbs of Chicago where I was more into, like, alternative rock and uh, kind of, like, sissier songs. And then Marty grew up in the, in the tough streets of Indiana, so he's got a lot of country <laughs> stuff. And then, and then, of course, wrestling and, like, ska. Marty's, like, big into ska, and that's something that I just never got into. Mar- and that's where the fun starts. Yeah. Now, so Marty, you said you do backdoor rest or backyard wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Was it extreme? Did you go through tables and smash like fluorescent lights over <laughs> your head and stuff? You know, this was this was before the uh, the fluorescent light tube boom, which is probably a good thing because uh, 
we we would have uh, definitely hurt ourselves more than we even did. But yeah, we had we we bought a ring uh, off the internet, and this guy wrote, came from Alabama and delivered a wrestling ring, and and uh, and we would backyard wrestling. We we put it on our public access station. Oh in, uh, in uh, Cherville, Indiana. So that's fantastic. It was, it was real cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. How many people did you have in your in your you know? Your, did you guys have there a was, uh, did you guys have a name for your wrestling? Yeah, we we were uh, TCW Tritown Championship Wrestling, <laughs> and uh, and um, yeah, we had you know we had about ten of us, and everybody would play multiple characters. We would wear masks to be the you know the jobbers, the guy that gets beat all the time. Sure. and we'd have our main characters and everything, and it was it consumed so much of our our uh, summers. It was so fun. That sounds like a blast. What did your neighbors think? Uh, they were. Um, I think when we first put up the wrestling ring in my friend's backyard, they were they were a little mortified. Like, what is this? Because the wrestling ring is so loud; it sounds like a shotgun is going oh, off yeah. every time. Absolutely, but, and, you got, uh, and also not only know. not only is it loud, but you got to sell it. Yeah, yeah, and we're we're you know it was just I can't even imagine these poor people looking out their backyard window and seeing you know kids in wrestling masks jumping off the top rope <laughs> on each other and. You know, we would go to the, we we couldn't afford like a table, so the big thing is we'd go to the hardware store and get a one sheet of plywood. That was like, oh baby, this is for the main event. Like this is a big deal. And somebody went through the plywood. Oh yeah, they went through the plywood. That's you know that. hilarious. <laughs> I've seen some videos of this. some of these backyard uh, wrestlings are absolutely insane. What the what these what yeah. these guys are doing? There's two guys now who. Uh, they would wrestle. They they originally uh, became popular. They were wrestling in Walmart, and uh, <laughs> they they put up videos. These these two black guys just kill each other and and all over the place. Anywhere you imagine, they just go. Whether it's again Walmart or you know inside a fast food place or at a park or wherever, it's it's so interesting. You know what? I think I've seen some of this. I think I've seen some of this footage. These guys just they 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 they, they walk in. People don't think that they know each other. And, yeah, and yeah, then they yeah. just start going nuts and wailing on each other and throwing throwing them yep. through and tables. Then someone comes in with like a referee, right, you know, right, referee right, 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 and, <laughs> and does the count in the middle of the Costco floor. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah, I re- I remember seeing see I don't know I think it was a Walmart. There was one where they, and they 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 just knock displays over. They throw each other through displays and stuff like that. Yeah, I booked I booked them for a wrestling show when it was going to you know Mania weekend was going to happen and we were. Uh, we do a show called Five Dollar Wrestling. And it's kind of like a bad, bad wrestling show. And I message them, and I'm like, "If you're going to be in Tampa, I would love to have you guys wrestle in an actual ring." And they're like, "That would be a dream come true." But then, uh, you know, with with COVID, everything got to yeah. shut down and postponed. So yeah. maybe another day. Maybe another day. But yeah, that stuff's very entertaining. Those guys are nuts. It, it, you know what's funny about it is, and one, and all of this, all of this stuff is just the reaction that pe- the other people in the store have. Mm-hmm. To what's going on? Watching these two guys just yeah. throw each other through uh, displays and knock each other over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like no, no normal person who doesn't know what wrestling is is prepared to see somebody give another person like a tombstone pile driver. Right. It's just not. It's just not. <laughs> meant, it's not meant for the normal person to see. Speaking of tombstone pile drivers, what did you think of the of the, of the tribute to the Undertaker? Uh, I thought it was. Uh, it was. You know, I just think the only thing. The only. You know, it's almost like a movie coming out that could have won an Academy Award, but unfortunately, it was like the same year that like Godfather Two came out. I just felt like after the after the last dance, it was just like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. But after that, both that it was just the worst timing ever to have this big 
you know, epic documentary come out or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it, and it, and it's just another thing too, that we were talking about on, on, uh, on Sarah and I's podcast is all these, you know, wrestler documentaries, whether it's Ric Flair or Austin or Undertaker, they all talk about like confidence issues at the end. And they're just like, I didn't feel like myself anymore. And I yeah. wasn't, you know, I wasn't the undertaker anymore. And it's just like, they're, they're kind of sad. You get these, you know, uh, these, these guys who are just kind of feeling like, you know, they had no confidence and they're just like doing all these amazing things. They're having these great matches. Like Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels had this amazing match for Ric Flair's, you know, what was supposed to be his retirement. Right. Right. And right. Oh, I wish I could have been better. And I'm like, you were amazing. You're like, you were already like over 50, well over 50. Yeah. You have this amazing match and you're just like, Oh, it wasn't as good as yeah. it could have been when yeah. I was like 25. I'm like, well, yeah, you're not 25. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. Listen, uh, uh, we're gonna get, we're gonna talk about Fourth uh, of July uh, uh, music tracks. That uh, if you were gonna make the mixtape, you guys will uh, will will talk about some of the songs that would uh, that would fit in. Okay. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Paul and Marty are here, and uh, they have a make us a mixtape podcast, and we'll tell you how you can listen to it and download it, and uh, then we're gonna talk about some essential July Fourth songs. 312-981-7200. If you have any suggestions for a July 4th mixtape, what songs do you think should be on it? 312-981-7200. White Snake. <laughs> it's not White Snake. It's uh, Starship. All right. Uh, it does sound like a, it does sound like the beginning of a, of a White Snake song. It really does. You got to give that to me. Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. We are live in the Skyline studio here until 4 o'clock. Coming up, we've got some uh, varying stories to talk about. Taste of Chicago to go. Jason Voorhees appears in a mask PSA. The Sox are going to play the Cardinals in the Field of Dreams. And Dexter Fowler said something done. And I still love him, though. And also at 2.30, we always play back classic Carson. And, um... Yeah, Johnny Carson, uh, you can see the Johnny Carson show every night on Antenna TV, and we always play back some comedy, whether it be some stand-up or a sketch or an interview. Carol Suskind is uh, featured this morning. And uh, since we are not on tomorrow, Thursday night into Friday morning after 3 o'clock, all the regular Friday features will happen this morning, and there will be the 4th of July features. So we'll have Straight Out of Context, Nick D. Show Spies, You Big Dummy, and Fly Jams Friday. Want to get some requests in? You can at 312-981-7200. Uh, right now, we are talking to uh, Paul Farvar and uh, Marty DeRosa, who are the hosts of Make Us a Mixtape podcast, and we're talking about uh, what would be good for a 4th of July mixtape, uh, and Paul and Marty are back. Hi, guys. What's up, Hello. Hey. So, um, if, the, if you were to make a 4th of July mixtape, let's start with you, uh, uh, Paul. What would be a song that you would put on there? Oh man. Uh well I'm I'm partial. There's so many songs from Bruce Springsteen that are I feel like he is America. Uh I feel like you have to put a song by him. Yeah. And I think Born in the USA makes the most sense, although if people it's kinda of funny. Marty and I were just talking about this on one of the episodes, like all these people in, in political candidates use that song, yeah, yeah. but they don't know like the lyrics are like not really a message of. No, it's a protest song. Of, uh, Born in the USA right. is a protest song, yeah. But I, I mean, hey, it, now is a perfect time for that song on so many different levels. Yeah, so I feel like uh, you got to put Bruce Springsteen on that okay. on that list. Marty, what would you uh, include on a on a Fourth of July um, mixtape? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a heavy one to go with. I would want to lighten the mood a little bit, and I'd go with, like, uh, maybe Summertime by the uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, hey, by the way, uh, Tom, you were off last Friday. Do you know, you know, Jess Reigns sat in for you, as you know. Uh, do you know what her DJ nickname was? DJ Jazzy Jess. That's exactly right. You know who came up with it? Um, oh, God, who was it? Doc. Doc, yeah, he yeah. called me. He called me and told me G- DJ, DJ Jazzy, Jazzy Jess. Jess. So anyway. Lord. Um, all right, I was thinking, um, you know, like songs that are called 4th of July, like Soundgarden's got a song called 4th of July, which is on uh, Super Unknown. Um, Amy Mann's got a song yeah. called 4th of July. Um, yeah. And X has a song called 4th of July. So those are those are some, you know, I, th- I think there are probably even more songs called 4th of July. But the first one that popped into my head was Soundgarden. It's, it's a super Unknown yeah. Super Unknown is one of my favorite albums of all time. And, and speaking of, uh, Nick, Super Unknown is from 1994, too. So just oh, to give you an idea of what kind geez. of album came out that year. Yeah. No, Super so. Unknown. Su- seriously, Super Unknown, one of my favorite albums ever. Uh, you know, every that, song on that album is amazing. Yep, absolutely. It's a perfect record. It's a, it's a perfect yeah. album. And um, and I, you know, that's because you know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm I when I really latch onto a record, I get obsessive and I listen to it constantly. Uh, Paul, are you like oh, that yeah. at all, Paul? I, I I not only do that with a record, I do it with a song. So like, I'm obsessed with uh, Phoebe Bridger's new album right now, and I just listen to the same song probably like ten to twelve times a day. Yeah. Just like. I just get obsessed. And then, yeah, with the albums, too, back in the day when we had CDs, like, I would just listen to the whole thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marty, what and about that you? Was, and that, yeah. Marty, what do you think? That was one of the albums. Are you, are you like that? Yeah, and to, and to me, like, there's just certain songs I hear where after that I'm just so expected to hear the next song. It's just like, I, I there's certain songs where you're just like, no, 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 no. It needs because it, it like especially too when an album goes perfectly from end of song to song yep. and everything. And it's yep. just like sometimes if, or if you're like you're listening to the radio and you just hear this the one song and you're like, oh, I'm not going to get to hear the you know the the next song, which is just like the perfect accompaniment right. to this song. You know, it's really funny. You, you guys are familiar with obviously. You guys are familiar with De- with Zeppelin too, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, um, uh, Heartbreaker and Live and Love and Made. You know they're they're like yeah. connected, right? And uh, uh, so I remember I was at Rolling Stone, the uh, the record store, and um, oh yeah, they were playing in Washington. Uh, no, 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 no. This was in this one's at Harlem Irving. Oh, okay, there was there used to be one on yep, Washington. There was there, yep, too, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, I used to go there too. But the one on Harlem Irving because I'm uh, you know I I, I kind of grew up on the northwest side, so that was the one that we went to right by the hip, the Harlem Irving Plaza. So we would go there all the time. I, I can't tell you the amount of money I spent at Rolling Stone um, <laughs> buying albums and stuff. But we were in there one time, and uh, Heartbreaker was playing. You know, as they, they they had the music playing. Heartbreaker was playing, and then Live and Love, Live and Love and Woman didn't come next. And I was like, "What?" So I walked up to the counter, and I was like, "Do you realize that you, you're not playing Living? Uh, you're not playing? Uh, 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 why am I blanking on the title on the uh, Live in, uh, live, live in Love and Made. Yeah, Live in Love and Made. Sorry. But you're not playing Live in Love and Made. You, you can't do that. Legally, you have to go from Heartbreaker <laughs> to Live in Love uh, and Made. And and the girl behind the counter was like, it's on it's on uh, random. Or not random. That's British. It's on Shuffle. Shuffle. It's on random. I'm just yeah. thinking of Shaun of the, <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So uh, some of the other ones right here, I've got a, an, an article with the uh, best Fourth of July songs. 
And they include Van Morrison's Almost Independence Day. Oh, wow. And they say that who would have thought a northern Irish uh, singer-songwriter could uh, so poetically conjure up a song about Independence Day? I can hear the fireworks Van Morrison sings on a cool, cool night. It's the only song we know that addresses the spiritual bliss that descends ahead of Fourth of July, spanning 10 minutes. You can bask in it as much as the summer summer, uh, sunset and hear the Moog synthesizer fade into the evening. Ah. Yeah. Ten-minute song by Van Morrison. Uh, Let's see. we got a caller coming in. Here's Jacob. Hi, Jacob. Jacob? Hello? Yeah, you're on the air. Oh, okay. Um... So, like, my 4th of July song for this one will be, since uh, 4th of July is on Saturday, Saturday in the Park by Chicago. Oh, sure. Saturday in the Park by Chicago. Yeah. I think it was the 4th of July. That's the next lyric right there. That's a great one, Jacob. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, take care. Yeah, that's a great one. I remember when um, the Cubs games, uh, um, if they had a Cub game on the Saturday, you know, on a Saturday... They kept mm-hmm. coming back with that bump, like every break they came back with that song. Every every break. <laughs> um, all right, uh, let me. How often do you guys uh, do the podcast now? Do you do it once a week? Yeah, we we have one released every week, uh, and uh, it was a lot harder, obviously, when we were touring comedians and performing a lot. But now that we're both in town, it's a lot easier. Yeah, we live uh, about a mile away from each other, so we're like, "Hey, let's do 1994." But now people, are, we're going to start having guests. We had uh, Jim Ryan on last week. He did a mix of uh, Chicago theme songs. Oh, so all right, that was a great one. Yeah, all right, good old Jim Ryan. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, you got to love that guy. Um, so, um, so well, first of all, how are you guys dealing with uh, Paul? Let me start with you. How are you guys dealing with? Uh, you know, the shutdown of clubs and stuff like that. Have you done any virtual comedy stuff, Paul? Yeah, I did. I did a lot of virtual shows, and I started to get the hang of it. And then I actually got to do some live shows during uh, COVID. Uh, right before uh, the president went, I was in Tulsa, and I got to do live shows there because they don't believe in COVID there. And uh, and uh, I got it was fun to like actually get out and do real shows, and then. Coming back to the Zoom shows, the virtual shows are a little harder after you've had the real thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Marty? But, uh, you, 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 Marty, you've been doing the Zoom stuff, the virtual stuff. No, no, no. I just kind of took this as like a, a break from comedy because you know we do this almost every night of the week for the last you know I don't know thirteen, fourteen years or whatever. So it's kind of like this was a nice little break. And then uh, just this past weekend, I uh, comedy bar downtown. Uh, had some stuff on an out- outdoor location, so uh, they had limited people, and it was it was really cool. Everybody was distanced, and we had little microphone covers and everything. And, yeah, uh, it was it was interesting, and it was it was uh, kind of scary going up ever after you know over a hundred day break, but it was it was really cool to do it again. Yeah, the crowds were great. Yeah, I, I, well, people are yeah. people really want to get out, and people really want to have some entertainment. Absolutely. You know, yeah, absolutely. We had Dave Gemelo on on the show uh, last night. He's the owner of the Green Mill, of course, legendary bar here in Chicago and, and, and a jazz club. Um, and when they reopened, obviously they they had limited. You know, uh, they they couldn't go. It was like I think it's twenty five percent capacity is what, uh, mm-hmm. what 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 people have to do. But he said they were so it, they were so excited. There wasn't a big crowd at all, and they were all separated. Uh, that it, but they were so excited that they were going crazy over the live music. 
Um, and, and it was, it, he, he said it felt like the place was, was packed because people were just so excited to be out and getting some entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even I, I did the comedy bar show that Marty did the week before and it's the same thing. I, I wasn't there when Marty was there, but people are just so happy to have comedy. And then, and, you know, for comedians who like Marty, Marty didn't do any of the virtual shows I did, but it's still like having that break and then coming on, like. It was it was amazing and and they they were on board for everything. Like I felt like I don't know if Marty feels the same way, but I felt like they were like forgiving of comedians who, you know, might have not had us. We weren't as funny as we were like in March, but they made us feel like we were. It was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. You know, and as this thing opens up even more, you know, um, I'm sure you guys will be able to get back into the clubs and and uh, and you know, as long as, as as soon as we get back to normal, if we ever do get back to actual normal. But uh, there you go. Okay, uh, hang on. We're going to go through a few more songs for your, the 4th of July mixtape, okay? And if you guys have any other suggestions, uh, let's hear them from you, okay, Paul Marty? You got it. Okay, Sounds good. There you go. Uh, Paul and uh, Marty here, Paul Farvar and Marty De- DeRosa. Their podcast is Make Us a Mixtape, and we're just talking about some songs that should be on a 4th of July mixtape. And if you would like to uh, make some suggestions, what songs do you think should be on a 4th of July mixtape? Uh, give us a call, please. 312-981-7200. Fourth of July on a Saturday this year, so that's appropriate. Such a great song. Uh, hey, it's Nick DeGilio on seven twenty WGN. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking about Taste of Chicago to Go. Jason Voorhees in a mask P- uh, PSA. White Sox are going to play the Cardinals in the Field of Dreams, and Dexter Fowler said something dumb. And our regular Friday features uh, are coming up because uh, we are not on uh, Thursday night into Friday morning. So we're going to do the regular features straight out of context. Nick D show spies. Uh, you big dummy, and Fly Jams Friday. So uh, you want to get your requests in? It's three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. And the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. My guests right now are Paul Farvar and uh, Marty uh, DeRosa, very funny guys who also host a podcast called Make Us a Mixtape. And we've been talking about what you would put on a Fourth of July mixtape. Uh, and here we go. We're back. Uh, Paul, do you have another suggestion? Yeah, so my mom's favorite artist is uh, Neil Diamond, ah. and uh, we were immigrants. My parents were immigrants uh, who came here from Iran, and uh, I just pictured them listening to America on their way here. Sure. So I'm going to have to go with America by uh, Neil Diamond. Also, my karaoke song, too. Is that your karaoke song? Yeah, it's easy to sing, and it's easy to get everyone into it. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's an easy, it's an easy win for everyone. It's a great song. I mean, you can't deny it. I love Neil Diamond, but I hated that movie though. I hated the jazz singer. So the, I love the song "Love on the Rock." Yeah, me too. Yeah, the movie didn't make sense. But no, I was also too young to figure it out. Yeah, no, the movie movie was terrible. Soundtrack, great, great soundtrack. Yeah, Nick, when you, Nick, when you said I hate that movie, I thought you meant Saving Silverman, where they had uh, a had a lot of Neil Diamond in there. <laughs> they were in a Neil Diamond cover band. I'm like, are right. you talking about no, Saving no, Silverman? no? The jazz singer, the jazz singer with Neil Diamond. Uh, do you got Marty? Do you got another one that you would throw on the Fourth of July uh, mixtape? Uh, I most certainly do. And if uh, if people have been drinking a little bit, uh, this might make everybody a little extra rowdy. But it's uh, 
Hulk Hogan's old theme song, Rick Derringer's Real American. <laughs> I am a real American. T-shirts are going to get ripped off during this. Uh, uh, you know, people are getting body slammed. It's going to be a big that's deal. That's fantastic. Great choice, Marty. All right, we got a bunch of people who are calling in. Here's Patrick. Go ahead, Patrick. Hey, I actually got two. I was a uh, big fan of X, so uh, they have a song called The Fourth of July. And then uh, also uh, from Libertyville, Ike Riley's uh, Eight More Days Till the Fourth of July. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah. I don't know that one. Patrick, thanks for the call, buddy. You got it. All right. Ike Riley's Here's, great. Yeah, okay. Here's uh, Donna on WGN. Hey, Donna. Hi, Nick. How about uh, Army Yankee Doodle Dandy? Oh, sure. You can't get much more patriotic than that. Not in dance like Jim, Jimmy Cagney. Yep, Jimmy Cagney. Jimmy Cagney was one of those guys who could do it all. He could play everything. And, yes, indeed. Uh, okay, thanks, Donna. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. I love that Jimmy Cagney was, I think, is probably best known for his gangster roles and stuff. But the fact that he was a song and dance man, too, and he could sing and he could dance, that was that was pretty amazing. All right, here's uh, Gene on WGN. Go ahead, Gene. Oh, hi. Somebody already gave my, my favorite guy, Neil Diamond, Coming to America. Yeah. Yep, America. That's a great song. Uh, thanks, Gene. Thank you. Yep. Uh, and Glenn on WGN. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Nick. How you doing? All right. What do you got? Uh, well, it's not a Fourth of July song, but to, for whatever reason, Bob Seger on Main Street. Oh. That's just the whole melody of it. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Glenn. Hey. Hey. No problem. Have a nice Fourth right. of July. Thanks, buddy. All right. Here are some of the other ones that are included in this uh, article, guys. Uh, Spirit of America, Spirit of America by the Beach Boys. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you, if you're going to do, you know, you got to you got to get the Beach Boys in there. You know, because sure. what, what's what's more American than the Beach Boys? You know what I mean? So, um, Violent Femmes, American music. Hey, there you go. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Milwaukee's best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Violent Femmes. Yeah. Are they still around? Oh yeah. Yeah. Didn't you just see them? Yeah, I saw them at Riot Fest last year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. How were they? Were they good? Uh, they they were good. Um, the sound was terrible. Oh yeah. Um, that wasn't their fault, but uh, you know, it was kind of fun. It yeah. was cool. Okay. How about the Rascals? America the Beautiful. That was their. I don't know that one. The Rascals. It's uh, that's on their Freedom Suite album. Is it the Ray Charles song, or is it something totally different? Um, it says, not the song you're thinking of. This was a much more topical okay. anthem inspired by the Rascals' friendship and admiration for Reverend Martin Luther King. Um, in a world of peace and love and life and liberty is what the, is what makes the country great. America the Beautiful opened their Freedom Suite album, which also included the hit People Gotta Be Free, which, of course, everybody knows that one. Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah. Uh, oh, Emerson, right. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, fanfare for the common man. How about that? I feel like they're not even American. How like how can <laughs> that's like that's like picking a like a Rush song for it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's the one. Uh, okay, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer add a lot of keyboard fireworks to this Aaron Copeland piece, originally written for the presidential candidate of Henry Wallace, formerly FDR's vice president. It premiered in 1942, significantly during the income tax week. It works in other countries too. ELP's version in the uh, was in the UK top ten during the Queen's Silver Jubilee in 1977, sharing the uh, sharing the chart space with the Sex Pistols. God save the Queen. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, okay, you guys, Paul. Any other ones that come to mind for your Fourth of July mixtape? Um, I, you know, for some reason, I think you have to have a John Cougar Mellencamp song. Oh, I know sure. it's easy to just pick. He's got a song, you know. I, I get, I guess, the uh, rocking in the USA. But I also think Pink House. Well, yeah, the first is one that a, is a, first one that popped. Yeah, in, I mean, first one that popped into my head was Pink Houses. Yeah, you yeah, got to go Pink Houses. King Houses is the one I would pick. Uh, I know everyone says the other one, uh, you know, obviously because it says Rocket in the USA, but Pink Houses is, is so American to oh, me. Yeah. And, and so I'm not from Indiana like uh, Marty, but I, I still feel like he's, he's the tried and true American. Well, so. yeah, and I, you know, I got to say this. It's not on that album, but Scarecrow is one of my favorite albums of all time. I, okay. That album is fantastic. It is so good. All right, Marty. What would you say? You, you're you're from Indiana, Marty. So is is Mellon yes, Camp, is Mellon Camp considered a hero? Uh, I don't know if he's a hero. It's just one of those things that everybody plays it all the time. It's just like that's just that's the way it is. We haven't even thought about it. I don't think. Yeah. Well, what you got another song? Um, I do. Uh, one of my favorite Prince songs, "America" by Prince. Oh, it's that's an a, underrated. Yeah, that's a such great an song. underrated Prince song. I love it so much. And uh, um, we were talking about you know people who aren't necessarily American, but uh, sing songs about America or whatever. Uh, John Parr, the guy who does St. Elmo's Fire, <laughs> right. is from, he's British, but you'd never know because he always has uh, like a USA guitar or the, those old, remember the old like USA leather jacket with the uh, the white sleeves and the flag in the back and he's always like draped in the red white. Is that right? So I, had, I had yeah. no idea, yeah. John Parr. Fake American. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> UK. There you go. England. Um, we got a few more here. Uh, Waylon Jennings, America. There's a lot. Of, you know, a lot of country songs would fit in, right? Don't you think? Because country songs tend to tend to embrace America and be be as patriotic as possible, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I would. I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to call in with Toby Keith's uh, yeah. red, white, and blue. Yeah. I thought uh, I thought for sure Marty would have Toby Keith on. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little Toby Keith. Uh, this is an interesting choice. Uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival's "Fortunate Son." Mm, that's another one of those "Born in the USA" type songs. Yeah, yeah. Were they? Were they? Yeah. yeah I mean, no. That's that's one of the most inc- incredible uh, uh, songs and protest songs of all time. If you're going to go protest songs for me, like I would also put "For What It's Worth" by Buffalo Springfield. Oh, sure, of course. Like, that's an American song. Yep. Uh, when I think of the Fourth of July, so one of my favorite uh, things ever was I was watching uh, a um, John Fogerty concert, and there was a period of time where he wasn't playing anything by Credence because he had such a he had legal hassles with his brother and he had legal right. hassles with the label, and so he didn't play any. He he refused to play any Credence songs. Well, he was playing a gig for um, a bunch of veterans and Vietnam veterans. And um, he busted out "Fortunate Son," and I've never seen a crowd go more nuts. He hadn't wow. played he hadn't played the song in maybe ten years, at least ten years, and he busted out "Fortunate Son," and all, every veteran went absolutely nuts. It was amazing. And then he uh, and then he got sued by his old band. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Instantly, his brother sued him. All right, a couple more here, real quick. The the impressions. This is my country. Curtis Mayfield wrote that one. And then the the the, uh-huh. the the one they pick at number as number one guys, James Brown living in America. Hey, oh, Rocky, wow, baby. from Rocky Three. That's right. <laughs> All right. So your next uh, podcast goes up. Let's. Uh, when, when does it go up again? 
Uh, hopefully tomorrow, but probably we'll probably be late okay. by Friday. Okay. Because of the holiday. Got it. Okay. And it is going to be 1994. That's your next one. 1994 is the next one. We haven't revealed what the songs are to each other yet. Or right. To our fans. So okay. All right. Cool. Listen. Cool. Paul, Marty, uh, always a lot of fun to talk to you guys and uh, make us a mixtape. Uh, how can people get the podcast? How can they download it? Give us all that info, Paul. Uh, just make us a mixtape. It's on uh, iTunes, uh, anywhere you anywhere you listen, SoundCloud, Stitcher, everything. All right. Uh, just put it in, and you'll get you'll get uh, hours of entertainment. Okay. Okay. There you go, <laughs> Paul, Marty. Always always fun. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, guys. All right, Nick. Take it easy. All thanks. right. See you, baby. There thanks, you go, Nick, Paul and Marty. Love those guys. All right. Well, I've got the news coming up. Hello, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio on a Thursday morning. We are off tomorrow uh, for uh, the uh, July 4th holiday, so um, uh, Dane Neal, I almost said Dane Cook. Can you imagine? (laughs) Dane Cook filling in for me. Be the loudest show of all time. Oh my God. Anyway, um, uh, Dane Neal's going to fill in for us, uh, so our regular Friday features are going to be today, the 4th of July, Thursday features. Straight out of context, that's where you listen 24-7 to this station, and you should anyway, because it's the best. And whenever anybody says something that you can pull out of context and it sounds a little dirty and it makes you giggle, you jot down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. Uh, we also have Nick D Show Spies. That's when you listen 24-7, and whenever anybody mentions me in any capacity or the show... We want to know about it. So uh, <laughs> jot down the day, the time we've set, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. We got you, Big Dummy. That's where we read real news stories of real dumb people doing real dumb stuff. And then we vote on who's the biggest dummy and the dummy of the week. Tom will vote. I will vote. And the first person through on the phone will also vote. And then we got Fly Jams Friday. DJ Luscious Hushes, not happy about making a, a rare Thursday appearance. No, I had to get him a Danish. Yeah, that's right. I, I forgot where, about that. You I don't know where you get a Danish. a Danish at 2 o'clock in the morning. Difficult. Difficult. There's like two places. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm never here during the day, but I understand that there is like a, there's a lot of food play- options around here. Because the only thing that I ever see is the, is the CVS. That's the only thing I, then <laughs> right, right down the street. At the right, you know, at the Radisson is the only thing I ever see. But everybody seems to think that they do have a lot of food options around here, so it's just a different world at two o'clock in the morning, you know. So, uh, uh, classic uh, Johnny Carson comedy coming up. We play sketches or uh, interviews and stand up, and we've got Carol Siskind uh, from the late eighties, nineteen eighty eight. And uh, that's your comedy for the morning. All right. 312-981-7200. By the way, can I just explain how uh, how excited and happy I am that Beavis and Butthead are coming back? I can't even. I can't even. 
And it's going to be on Comedy Central. It's not going to be on MTV. So my question is, here's the question that I have. Maybe the details are out there. First of all, everything Mike Judge does is great. I, I, I don't care what anybody says. I, I, I think Mike Judge is a genius, and I love him. Um, but are they not going to do music videos? Well, I mean, MTV and Comedy Central are owned by the same company. Oh, yeah, that's right. I totally Viacom. forgot. That's Viacom, right. Yeah, Viacom. So they might. Because they, they got to do the videos, man. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just that makes me laugh. Like, I hear that and I just start laughing. Years ago when I was living with Scott Oaken and we would, when we weren't watching the Mambo Kings... <laughs> which I, every time I say that, you just make a face like what? Like that was the movie we watched. That was the movie we watched all the time. We would come home from the bar and go put on the Mambo Kings, man. <laughs> anyway, um, we had some friends over. We got a bunch of beer. We had some friends over and I'll never forget this. MTV did an eight hour marathon of Beavis and Butthead. And it was called the Maranathon. Uh, let me let me tell you something. We did we watched the whole thing. We sat on the couch, bunch of us in the in the in, in our apartment, beer. Uh, drank a bunch of beer and watched Beavis and Butthead for eight hours straight. And let me let me t- just tell you something right now. After about three hours, you become Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what my friends and I sounded like after like hour three or so. With five hours left to go. What happens at the end of it? Uh, we were drunk. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, yes. Well, Scott and I were home. The other guys had to make their way home. <laughs> God. I imagine it was kind of like, you remember that drug PSA? You know, this is your brain. Oh, yeah. It's an egg. This sure. is your brain on Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Just cook it in the fryer. Who was the girl who was on that? What, the drug Was PSA? it Rachel Lee Cook? Rachel Lee Cook. Yeah, from She's All is that She's All That? I thought that I thought she was in Josie and the Pussycats. She was in Josie and the Pussycats. Along with uh, Rosario Dawson and Tara Reed. I love that movie, by the way. I'm I know I know people think I'm nuts, but I I I love Josie and the Pussycats. I think it's a great movie. But Rachel Lee Cook yeah. I, I think it was Rachel Lee Cook who did the <laughs> It is her. This is your brain. And this is heroin. This is what happens to your brain after snorting heroin. And this is what your body goes through. Yep. That's dark, dude. Doesn't she smash the egg? Yeah, she smashes it with a cast iron pan. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's a cast iron pan and it'll survive. It's just, you know, you're dirtying a perfectly good pa- cast iron pan to make a point. <laughs> I don't even own a cast iron pan. I wish I did. Oh, I do. They're they're fantastic. They're amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I remember that. Com- I remember that commercial because, like, this is your brain, and this is your brain on drugs. That was where they would crack the egg into the frying pan and would. Yes. But this was extreme. This it was brain Rachel- on heroin. Rachel Lee Cook, sma- you know, Josie herself smashing an egg with a with a pan. But yeah, have you seen the movie Josie and the Pussycats? Oh yeah, a million times. Love it. Um. What's his name's in it? Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant. Uh, Alan Cummings. Yeah, Alan Cummings. That's right. Yeah. Is, I think Richard E. Grant is also in Spice World. Probably. I think he's in both of them. 
I like Spice World, too. I don't care. I'll admit it. Wow, that, that eight-hour marathon really did a number on you, didn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were funny, man. You know who loved, I mean, I've, I've talked about this before, David Letterman loved Beavis and Butthead. Loved them. Thought it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah, that Moranathon was a little bit much, though, I got to tell you. We were all just like, <sighs> you know, <laughs> drooling. Just like, yeah. Return, you return to your base instincts. Yeah. It was like a room full of Neanderthals. And everything that Mike Judge does... Except for, you know, like, uh, you know, like the TV stuff that he did. You know, like his Beavis and Butthead took off right away. King of the Hill was a big hit, you know. But, like movie-wise, Office Space was a bomb when it came out. And and then eventually became had a huge following and has become a classic. Same thing um, with Idiocracy. Idiocracy came out completely bombed. Nobody even saw it. And now it's a classic and also a documentary, as far as I'm concerned. So, all right, we're going to take a, a, a quick break here and we're going to talk about uh, Taste of Chicago to Go. We got the details announced and uh, how you can have a little taste of Chicago despite the fact that uh, all the festivals have been canceled. But we'll tell you all about that. 312 981 7200 on uh, WGN. this song as uh little cool in the gang summertime madness oh that's the beginning yeah yeah i i don't recognize it until you get to to like the lyrics and the chorus and stuff. well once you get to the oh yeah man no they're not playing around man cool in the gang one more yeah man there we go hey I'll do it again and only dogs will be able to hear it <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN and um, we got some comedy coming up Carol Siskin from uh, the Johnny Carson show that's coming up in just a few minutes and then after 3 o'clock our regular Friday features are happening on this Thursday since we are off uh, tomorrow in honor of the 4th of July are you a fan of Taste of Chicago? Um, I, I've only gotten to go once and my experience was very brief yeah yeah um, I, I had to go to work later that, that day. Uh, here? No, not here. This is, this is back in, must've been 2016, 2017. So the movie theater? No, that was actually, I was barbacking. Oh, you were barbacking. I was barbacking yeah. downtown. All right. So I go and I had my little, you know, lobster tail sandwich or whatever and tried, I tried to have as many things as I could, but one, I think it's exorbitantly expensive because it's all ticket based. It's all ticket based. Yeah, you got to buy. And, you got to buy tickets. Yeah, you know. And I get that the portions have to be kind of small. That's, you know, that's part of it. But a little too small, if you ask me. Mm. You can't. You got to go to like five different stands to even get. I don't know a, a, a lunch out of it. Well, that's kind of the deal, though. That's kind of what right. you're supposed to do. But uh, 
I, then then you, I, I had to change in a porta potty. Oh, that's right. You told yeah, me this story. Into a into black slacks, yeah. dress shoes, dress socks, white button down tie. I can't vest. even imagine that. Changing in a porta potty. I I wish I had a mask back then, I'll tell you that much. Oh man, yeah. Oh my goodness. It was unreal. We used to go to the we used to go to Taste of Chicago every fourth of July, but really early. We would get there right when the gates opened. And we were out of there just as it started to to get crowded. The only time we stayed later on the Fourth of July because it was a yearly thing. My 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 friend, hey, listen, Joe, what ha- the hell happened after that first album? Good old Joe. He was a he was a cook. He was a chef. He went to Kendall College. A fantastic, fantastic cook. Um, he used to have a Memorial Day barbecue every year and then a Labor Day barbecue every year, and it was always the best food ever. So anyway, um, he loved Taste of Chicago because of his love for food. And so we would go every every 4th of July. And we'd get there right at 11 o'clock. We would hit all the booths and we'd be out of there 1. Something like that. 1, one thirty. Well, the only time we ever stayed late was when the, ma- the replacements played um, at Petrillo uh, in, in Grant Park. Uh, and this was 1991, July 4th, 1991, when they broke up on stage. It was historic. I was there for the the legendary replacement show where they broke up on stage, 4th of July, 1991. And, I, and my friends and I were all like, man, this is amazing. You know, they switched instruments at one point. They just started. <laughs> they ended up breaking up on stage. Then they, eventually, years later, they got back together. But, you know, you know. Never knew what kind of replacement show you were going to get. Um, you know, sometimes you got a, an amazing show. Other times they were loaded. <laughs> you never knew. Never knew. Look at the draw. Exactly. But so Taste of Chicago, obviously all the festivals, the outdoor festivals and stuff like that with large gatherings have been canceled for the summer. Um, but the Taste of Chicago was among uh, a host of popular summer events spiked by the city last month out of precaution for the novel uh, coronavirus. On Wednesday, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Chicago's Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events announced the schedule of events for this year's stand-in called Taste of Chicago to Go. Taste of Chicago to Go. The Taste's original schedule of July 8th through the 11th remains intact. So it starts next week. But gone are the dozens of vendors representing Chicago's restaurant and thousands of customers eager for bites of rib tips, gator bites, and Polish sausages. Instead, a more modest taste to go will feature a variety of virtual events in lieu of a real-life gathering and eating in Grant Park. All events will be broadcast on the D-Case YouTube page. Offerings include um, cooking demonstrations from Chicago chefs. And that will be noon daily. So starting on July uh, 8th at noon, you can see a bunch of cooking demonstrations from different chefs uh, around the Chicago area. Uh, You've got summer dance in place. Instead of dancing in the park, the city will broadcast Bollywood and Bagra, a 30-minute dance lesson from Bollywood Groove, followed by a performance of DJ Illust. (laughs) 
DJ Illist. And by the way, he spells it with uh, all capital letters except for the I. Illist. Oh, my God. DJ Ango. So people, <laughs> so people can have dance parties at home. That will also broadcast on WTTW Prime Channel 11.2 at 5.30 p.m. on July 8th. Can, can I be real for a second? Can I be real with you for a moment? Yeah. DJ Illist. <laughs> what? The, what? I, I appreciate the effort, but the whole point of Taste of Chicago is that you get to taste Chicago. Yeah. Well, you can't do that. Now. I, I know. And I, I like that they're trying to do something. But dance parties in your house? Well, they had dance parties at Taste of Chicago. Right. But that was one of the things that people liked to do. They would eat some food and then dance. Well, I can't wait to turn on, you know, PBS and get the dance party. Yeah, you got to watch DJ Illist. (laughs) Where else are you going to get your fix for DJ Illist? Oh, my goodness. How about this? Millennium Park at home. It's not a live stage, but musicians, the Braided Janes and John Langford, will be putting on a show all the same. 6 to 7.30 on July 9th. That's Millennium Park at home. A little live music for you. Uh, and then the food truck procession. Food trucks, a key element of taste, since they were introduced a few years ago, will have a place to in the to-go version as well. Participating trucks will... From a will uh, from a convoy from downtown to various locations around Chicago, the Taste will also continue its community eats meal program, which encourages Taste of Chicago eateries to host a free community meal from July eighth to the twelfth for neighborhood first responders and community organizations. Twenty five restaurants will participate in the series debuted last summer. Uh, the complete list of participating restaurants that will be commemorating the Taste Weekend is available on the Taste of Chicago website. And you can get it at the, the Taste of uh, Taste of Chicago to go twenty twenty homepage. Did someone say convoy? <laughs> oh, here we go. Ah, uh, breaker one nine. This here's a rubber duck. You got a copy on me, love machine. Oh, ten four pig pen for sure, for sure. By golly, it's clean, clear to taco now. That song rules. It's the best that song. C W McCall. C W McCall, man. I wish I could be like that. Massive hit too, Tom. And obviously, you know, it, the the whole CB culture just took off at that time. With that song and Smokey and the Bandit, everybody had a handle. Everybody had a CB. It was fun, man. So brings back the 70s, though. Every time I think about CB, the CB culture, I immediately go right back to like 76, 77. So uh, here's Jeff on WGN. Hi, Jeff. Hey, what's up? Hey. Uh, you know, I think the the replacements, they just they kind of had an identity crisis. I mean, it's like, I think they thought, as a sp- specifically Westerberg, that they were going to be bigger than they were. And I bought the, the CD of that show at Grant Park, and I remember, you know, I think he was a perfectionist, too, if the band was screwing up. I mean, at one point, he's like, here's another one you don't want to hear. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was almost like that self-deprecating. Yeah, um, have you ever had you had you ever seen uh, the replacements, Jeff? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was it was like that, and uh, and also, I mean, they they all drank, especially Westerberg. Yeah, and, I mean, that was part of their appeal. Oh yeah, I get that absolutely. But then, but did, you know, then the flip side of that was I saw them 
on his first solo tour, and I actually liked when he went solo. I so think did he I. got a little more serious. He's a heck of a songwriter. But yep. somebody in the crowd, like the first or second song at First Avenue, held up a sign, Paul is God, and he grabbed it and ripped it in half. So it's like, well, what do you want? Yeah. Do you want to be adored, or do you want to be ignored? Or Wait, what, you Jeff, Jeff, you got to see him at First Avenue? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Minneapolis. man, oh, man. I will say this, though. I did see Prince. At First Avenue, which was unbelievable, but I would have loved yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, he, he, the guy was always teched out in the latest. I mean, I give him credit for that. He wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. I liked uh, that uh, the controversy. I thought that yeah. was an excellent yeah. uh, album. Well, I'm a big fan of Prince. I, I love him, but yeah, that's that's very cool that you got to see the Mats at uh, at at, uh, at First Avenue. That's re- in their hometown. That's amazing. And I road tripped out to Milwaukee to the old Majeska Theater. I don't know if you've ever seen a show there on that first tour of Westerbergs. And, and it was an unassuming crowd. He got down to business. Yeah. You know, it's an old movie theater. I'm like, yep. right on. You know? Yeah, I saw, him on the, I saw him on the solo tour as well. It was completely different than seeing the Mats in their heyday. Completely yeah, different. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Hey, and one of these nights, give us some more stories about your infatuation with the uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Suzanne Vega. I mean, oh. I heard that song again, and I had forgotten what I, that that song is perfect. Which which one? Luca. Oh, Luca. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it is just such a great song. She's one of my favorites, man. I was obsessed. Yeah, we'll, I was. We'll completely... deal us with stories one of these. Okay, nights. I will. Thanks, Jeff. All right, take care. Take care. Yeah, All right. I love Suzanne Vega. Is she still? Uh, she's still working in the yeah. biz. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's still around. I wonder what she's doing. At eleven p.m. Um, she, I think she, I think I, I haven't bought, I haven't bought uh, her latest. I think she released a record just a, like about a year ago or so. And um, I've told you about the video that's online on um, on YouTube where she performs "Barely Breathing" with Duncan Sheik. And and I love that song. I love "Barely Breathing." By, uh, by looks Duncan. like she's got a new album coming out in September. All right. Yeah, New York songs and stories. Oh, I saw her in New York a bunch of times. Well, because well, a lot well. of her songs, she 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 still lives in New York, and she posts a lot of stuff on uh, social media, like her walking around Central Park and stuff. Well, Suzanne, let's have a conversation. She's amazing. All right, uh, okay, we're gonna get into some more uh, fun topics here and uh, stuff like that. And um, hey, you know what? I want to throw this out there. Um. Friday the 13th villain Jason is pushing mask wearing in a coronavirus PSA. We'll tell you all about that. Here's a question for you, Tom. What other monsters or serial killers from movies should do commercials for what products? What products should... (laughs) Like Leatherface. Leatherface, what? Face cream? Yeah, skincare. Skincare. (laughs) Skincare. Hi, I'm Leatherface for Dove Soap. (laughs) So anyway, we'll we'll uh, have some fun with that ridiculousness. Uh, and after three o'clock, the Friday features will be on Thursday. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we go to classic Johnny Carson to uh, Carol Siskin uh, from the late eighties, and that's coming up. Hello, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio. We are here until 
4 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place on the TV side of WGN and um, get some news and info from those great people. And then the the, uh, the one and only Bob Surratt hosts your morning drive starting at 5. Um, and uh, coming up after 3 o'clock, the Friday features are now happening uh, this morning, uh, this Thursday morning. Um, uh, straight out of contact, Nick D. Show Spies, you big dummy, and Fly James Friday. Because we are off uh, for uh, uh, celebrating the 4th of July. Um, and uh, so there you go. Uh, right now, um, every morning at this time, we play some classic stuff from the Johnny Carson Show. You can watch the Johnny Carson Show every night on Antenna TV, and I highly recommend that you do because it's so great. And um, we're going to play back. We always play back some comedy bits, whether it's uh, you know a sketch or some stand-up um, or an interview. Just celebrating the, the, the fantastic Johnny Carson show. Well, we've got some comedy here from Carol Siskind, and this is from 1988. Here's Carol Siskind. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be here, and you sound like you're in a terrific mood. You are, aren't you? Yeah. And I think I know why. The holidays are over, kids. We made it. We did. I mean, it's fun while it's happening. It's crazy, though. I mean, it's nice to see your folks. It's nice to see the relatives. It's just that I always leave with a headache this big. And it's got mother written all over it. Do they take a class? Are they the same for one reason? They're not happy until all of their kids are married. I swear, I was called for jury duty. My mother swore it was my last chance to meet a lawyer. I met a great guy. I can't see him for another 10 to 12 years. I should understand men better than I do because I grew up with men. I have brothers. I wanted sisters. They're better for a girl, aren't they? Teach you how to put on makeup, how to do your hair, give you dating tips. You know what brothers teach you? How to unhook a bra with your teeth. I never needed to know this. My brothers hated me because my mother forced them to take me out. They never had fun. I always had fun. I would have had more fun if they punched holes in the box, but... (laughs) You know, because I had brothers, my mother was so afraid I'd be a tomboy, she put rouge on me my first day of school. I am not kidding. She said, you look pale. Of course I look pale. I was the only girl in kindergarten wearing a strapless evening gown. Other kids are taking naps on rugs. I'm sitting up on a piano singing The Man That Got Away. You know how kids will come over to each other the very first day? They'll go, hi, what's your name? A little boy came over to me. He said, hi, how much? One of my brothers, it's interesting, he's a lawyer. I asked him if I should draw up a will. I don't know. He said, don't bother. No one's going to walk six flights up to get your stuff. (laughs) It's interesting about siblings. We know how to get to each other, don't we? My brothers get to me by being morbid. They tell me they're buying cemetery plots and they're including me in their plans. (laughs) That they're buying a couple of extra plots, one for me and another one in case I get a date last minute. No wonder I get depressed going home. Oh, don't worry about me. I love being depressed. You got to get into it. You know what I mean? A good depression? Come on, it's a chance to sleep 20 hours a day. And eat Haagen-Dazs, the other four. Good, you know it. Good, 
then you know Sarah Lee, too. <laughs> Sarah Lee, what a gal. I get crazy thinking about a chocolate Sarah Lee in a tin frozen. I don't let it thaw because I don't cook, but... <laughs> I use a smoke alarm as a timer. <laughs> it works. The alarm goes off. You know it needs another 10 minutes. <laughs> I did something really stupid. I bought a Sara Lee, ate the whole thing. Then I do something really stupid. I read the package. Serves 12. <laughs> Who are these people? Anorexics with no sense of proportion. <laughs> they must be the same people who buy ice cream with those little Dixie cups, eat them, and then say, oh, I'm stuffed. <laughs> Junk food's a ripoff. Let's face it. You go in, you buy the biggest bag of potato chips in the store, four chips in the package. With an explanation. I'll say something like contents may have settled during packing. Yeah. Right, may have settled in the stomach of the guy packing them. Somewhere there's a man with a hose blowing in air and sucking out my potato chips. You know what really gets me? Junk food that comes gift wrapped. Before I die, I don't care what happens, I want to meet the owner of Pepperidge Farm. One minute with him, I want to say, Mr. Farm, can I call you Peppy? Do you think maybe you could give me three more cookies and keep your stinking doilies? He gives you those, he gives you those little skeleton shells between the cookies. Don't they look like hats for small nurses? They do. They say they pack it that way for freshness. Right, you tell me who needs an expiration date on Pepperidge Farm cookies. They're gone before they reach the cashier. And even if you try to eat healthy, forget it. They make it impossible. They give you stuff like cottage cheese. Cottage cheese? Who invented this? And how did they know when they were done inventing it? Right. It doesn't. It looks like it's already been eaten. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Never buy anything you have to order by the size of its curd. This is my motto. It's like, of course, it's a perfect diet food. Look at it. Do you have an appetite now? You're probably all yogurt freaks, too. I hate to be the one to tell you, but yogurt is cottage cheese that went bad. Dissing on the cottage cheese. <laughs> uh, that was a topic of conversation this week. Believe it or not. She was dissing on the cottage cheese. She's funny. That was good. Pepper, Mr. Farms, yeah. can I call you Peppy? Peppy. Can I call you Peppy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's super. No, I, I, I agree with her. I don't like that. the little Milano's. Yeah. The greatest cookie ever invented. Uh, has to come in a doily. Yeah. That's kind of silly. Yeah. Just pack extra Milanos in there so that yeah. I can eat them en masse. Yeah, Milanos are good. God. They're good. How many times have you ever sat down and just ate an entire package? Uh, more than I care to admit. Yeah. 
but there's not really that many. If we're being it's honest, not, I mean, no, it's not. I mean, it's more than we should probably have in one sitting. Of course, but but it's, I mean, eh. I've done it. <laughs> yeah. Who hasn't sat down and had an entire package of Oreos? Come on. I'm 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 one of those guys that doesn't like the double stuff. Well, that's because uh, you hate freedom. Nope, you hate this country. <laughs> and I also I also now am happy that they have the thins. The thins. Yeah. So is that so it's that's even half. less? It's even less cream. So it's ha- it's it's less than a quarter of a double stuff. Yeah. God, Which, what is happening? Yeah, I just like regular Oreos. I, I you know I do, I don't do the double stuff. It's too much. Yeah. What are what, what's the name of the off brand or the Oreos? The, um, uh, Hydrox. Hydrox. Yeah, that's the company. I can't remember what the what they call the, the but it's Hydrox. Hydrox cookies. Yeah. Good lord! Sounds like something you clean your bathroom with. Yeah, I I saw uh, there's a there there's a picture online that people uh, have posted. It's a meme, obviously. And it's of uh, the the sister said while the kids are asleep, and he's got um, a box of uh, Fruit Loops, and he's filling it with like fruity bites, the oh, generic yeah. bag. Generic he's, brand. <laughs> you ever notice that the uh, the generic brand is always got a really super descriptive title? Yeah, like it's you go from Rice Krispies to crispy oh, che- crispy oh, yeah. rice puffs. Yeah, 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 yeah. or you know, uh, honey oat spheres. Yeah, we like did very we, specific. We did, like I told you years ago, uh, Gary Lee Wright, my partner, and I did uh. a taste test of generic versus, you know, uh, regular, mm-hmm. and um, everything turned out that the that the name brand was better. Mm-hmm. And I told you they brought in spam and treat, treat, and I was like, that's not spam. I mean, you just look at it and you're like, that's not spam, and it was, the treat was awful. Spam, of course, rules. But the, only, tre- the only treat I want is Treat Williams, and it was spelled T. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't blame you. T R E E T, T R E E T, treat, treat. Yes, that's horrendous. Yeah, and it was terrible. But I will say this: I I don't remember what the store brand was, but uh, we had Spaghettios and Spaghetti Hoops, and Spaghetti Hoops were better. So sometimes generics are okay. Fire. It's Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio uh, here until 4 o'clock. Uh, since we are off on Thursday night into Friday morning, the regular Friday features will be happening after 3 this morning. We'll start with uh, You Big Dummy, move on to Straight Out of Context. we got Nick D Show Spies and then Fly Jams Friday. So if you got a request for a funky song or an R&B hit, 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. Uh, here's Chris on WGN. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, Nick. How's it going, man? All right. Have you seen the commercial with the guy as a Rastafarian and he's milking? Yes. That's, that's, a, a, giraffe. that's a, it's a Skittles commercial. Skittles. Yeah. What a disturbing commercial that is. Uh, yeah, they've had a lot of weird commercials. Skittles has had some pretty creepy commercials in the past. I don't know. He who... just reaches into a bucket and eats a handful and starts yeah. laughing. It's like, 
Wow, that is really strange. Yeah, man. he's like he's like milking a giraffe, uh, and and skittles are coming out. Yeah, it is. It's weird, man. They've had a lot of weird commercials in the past, though. I don't know who their uh, their ad agency is, but there's a bunch of weirdos working for them. So yeah, it's a po- bunch of potheads, I guess. I, I guess, know, yeah. Uh, hi, Chris. Thanks, man. All right, man. Have a uh, great weekend. Take care, buddy. So, um, New York City has turned an unlikely ally in the fight against the coronavirus, and that's Jason Voorhees. The masked killer from Friday the 13th is taking a machete to the city's epic debic with a PSA on the importance of preventative facewear. Ogilvy, the ad agency behind the unorthodox promo, wrote on Instagram that they wanted to convey the life-saving message to invincible-feeling young people by tapping into pop culture. Uh, in the clip, the slasher villain known for slicing up campers at Camp Crystal Lake is seen nonchalantly strolling around New York City while pedestrians flee before him. It's not easy. The mask makes people uncomfortable, intones an unseen narrator, while a dog walker in Central Park avoids Jason's attempts to pet her pooch. <laughs> um, uh, and the narrator continues, I know the whole chainsaw thing. I get it. But the thing is, behind the mask, I'm a regular guy. Um, just when Jason's about giving up on trying to make a connection, a little girl approaches him with a proper face mask. She dons it. She gives him an approving nod. The clip concludes by displaying the message, wearing a mask can be scary, but not wearing one can be deadly. A slasher villain PSA might seem like overkill. However, an MTA survey from June found that one in ten New York City uh, strap hangers refused to wear a mask despite the state making them mandatory months ago. Uh, Not to mention that masks may slow down the spread of the coronavirus for up to 40%. Meanwhile, a county in Oregon recently exempted non white people from a new order requiring that face masks be worn in public, a move that meant preventing racial profiling. So Jason, helping out, helping out the cause. So what other serial killers and monsters should uh, should do commercials for uh, for other things? Like we mentioned already that um, Leatherface should do skin care products. <laughs> Leatherface can do skincare products, right? Well, he could also he could probably do like Gillette razors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. How about um, like a real close shave? What about Pinhead? Pinhead. Uh, mm. Needlework. <laughs> Sewing. <laughs> Sewing. He'll, he'll be your tailor. He'll uh, adjust adjust your pants. <laughs> Are you tired of having an ill-fitting suit? Mm. We'll uh, f- solve this puzzle box and go to the next dimension. What about? Uh, how about uh, Godzilla? Godzilla. Um, construction. construction. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Oh, man. 312-981-7200. I have a little fun here uh, talking about killers and, and monsters from the movies that uh, and what products that they should uh, advertise for. 312-981-7200. Uh, let's jump in here on that. Here's uh, Jenny on WGN. Hey, Jenny. Yeah, my favorite listen, uh, radio jock. I think got my mother hooked up listening to you at times. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't ever give up, and I know a good one to advertise. How about Elvira for skin products? All right. I like that. Yeah. Because uh, I was here at one Halloween party at my late, at my, uh, during the Halloween costume party at my, uh, plant waste to work at. 
Yeah. And yeah, my boys, my friend and I were first place. I came as Elvira, and boy, what did I did a mean streak of Elvira. Ah. I wish she would come out of the closet, like, and do skin products. Yeah, okay. Well, that's a good one, Jenny. I hope so. Yeah, and don't give up, and I love listening to you. Okay. And, uh, and you always make fun of yourself, and, you know, put the best... Always give up. Never give up. Ever. Okay. You know, you're my favorite. Okay, Jenny. Thank you. And I'm from Rockford. Love you. And Elvira for skin products. Okay. Thank you, Jenny. 312-981-7200. Shouldn't, you know, instead of skin products for Elvira, shouldn't Elvira do uh, bra commercials? Like push-up bra commercials? <laughs> I think that would be a little bit more appropriate. I've met Elvira. She's lovely. She's lovely. It was really cool because she came to the flashback convention and she and Sven Gulli shared the same stage. It was so cool. Two legendary horror hosts. Do you know that, Tom? Elvira was at flashback one year and they and she and Sven Gulli shared the same stage. Are you serious? Yeah. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I got a picture between the two of them. God, I used to love her oh, pinball machine. I, I no, I still. I mean, I love, I love Elvira. I think she's great. There was a place, there was a pizza place in Crystal Lake that used to be open called Pontarelli's. You get like a for three fifty, got basically a quarter of a pizza slice and, a, and like a soda. I always got RC. Oh, there you go. Well, of course you got. And RC. whenever, whenever I was waiting. Uh, they would have the Elvira pinball machine. I don't know if I've ever played the I'd Elvira go. pinball machine. Oh, it's a delight. I bet it is. Everything about her is a delight. Here's Ike on WGN. Go ahead, Ike. Hey, Nick. How's it going with you, man? All right. What's up? Yeah, I got a good one. Uh, I was thinking uh, most definitely this is very relevant to what's going on with the corona, but I have to say the thing. Uh, Okay. Because, because you know, that movie was about uh, trying to stay away, you know, keeping your social distance and not trusting anybody. And I think the great tagline would, would be, don't trust them. They may have something in them. Ah, okay. All right, Ike, thanks, man. No problem. All right, All right here's uh, Doc on WGNA, Doc. Hey, man. Hey. Uh, how about old Hannibal Lecter could advertise a nice Chianti? <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Doc. Hey, uh, one other thing. Here's my public service announcement for the weekend. Mm-hmm. If you go with a fifth on the fourth, you might not go fourth on the fifth. Oh, look at that. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good, Words Doc. to live by. All right, buddy. Have a great weekend, right. Doc. Enjoy your weekend. Okay, likewise. man. Take care. Oh, Doc, man. It's funny. Hannibal Lecter for Chianti. Nice Chianti. Yeah. Or he, Farva Beans. He says Chianti. Yeah. In that it, scene. See, that's so... But he... Because he's doing it to mock her, right? Because he's I think so, her. because of her accent. Yeah. yeah. That's that's my favorite scene out of that movie, is when he calls her a rube. Yeah, I don't have a favorite scene in that movie. I know you don't. <laughs> I will say this. As, as much as I hate that movie, and I do hate it, like I'm morally repulsed by it, Um, the acting's great. The acting's great in it. Uh, and Jodie Foster, I mean, I love Jodie Foster. I love her in everything. She's great, and so is and and so is so is uh, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just go, I just can't stand that movie. Fair enough. Hey, but man, the acting's good. Strokes, the acting strokes. is so. I will. I watch. I watch Jodie uh, uh, Jodie Foster do anything. I I, I adore Jodie Foster. And she's also a really good filmmaker. You know, I saw 
Silence of the Lambs three and a half times in the theater. Oh, did you had to walk out one of those times? Well, yeah. I mean, I kept I kept going back because everybody, every single person I know, loves that movie and right. was like, "You are absolutely wrong." Mm-hmm. So I went to see it three times just because every single person I know and respect loved it. And I say three and a half times because the fourth time I just said I can't sit through this whole thing again. Fair enough. Wolfman for dog walking services. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, the, the and, and you could do the mummy for uh, like a funeral home or something embalming services. What about the it doesn't isn't Full Moon of a DVD company? Yeah, Full Moon Features. Yeah. There you go. There's Wolfman. Yeah. Charles Band is the Wolfman. Yep, there it is. Okay. Uh, the news is coming up. <laughs> you big dummy. You big dummy. See what you did? Oh, no. You big dummy. You dummy. Don't want to confuse anybody. It's not Friday. It is Thursday, but we are not on tomorrow because we are off uh, because of the 4th of July holiday. Dane Neal will be filling in um, on the show tomorrow. So we're doing the Friday features now. So we got Straight Out of Context uh, coming up, Nick D. Show Spies, and then Fly Jams Friday. And if you want to get your requests in, it's 312-981-7200. But we always start off with, you big dummy. This is where we read uh, real news stories of real dumb people doing real dumb stuff, and then we vote on who's the biggest dummy. Tom will vote. I will vote. The third vote will be the first person who gets through. At 312-981-7200. Let's let's get started. Dummy number one. Dummy number one. Dummy number one. First responders are searching for a person who authorities say crawled into the sewer system beneath downtown Duluth. On Wednesday afternoon, according to a city spokesperson, the person apparently entered the sewer system near 3rd Avenue West and I-35 sometime Wednesday afternoon. Authorities found the person's clothes outside of a manhole in the area, and they believe the individual is naked. (laughs) First responders are still searching for the person as of 2 p.m. They are unsure of where they may have, uh, may they be within the the sewer system, but they're uh, doing their due diligence to find them. Duluth Fire and Police are working with St. Louis County Sheriffs and rescue officials to locate the person. Their condition is unknown. City spokespeople are also unsure why the person will have entered the sewer system in the first place. Oh. I don't have the dummy disc with the with the Fred uh, dummy stuff. My only son is a dummy. Ring, dummy. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. That's even better this way. No, you know why? Because I I didn't get it because it's Thursday. That's why I was a little bit thrown. 
You know, because normally I grab it. I go, oh, it's Friday morning. I got to go get the disc. The disc is right in, the, right in our office with all the dummy clips on it. So it's not doing any good now in the back, back in the office. <laughs> Tell you that. Let's see if I can remember any of the other ones. Dummy number two. Dummy number two. I love it. Claiming a violation of his First Amendment right to free speech, a woodworker fighting uh, to return a seven-foot pine penis sculpture to his front lawn. James Gagney, um, who said he has the right to display whatever he likes on his property, erected erected the sculpture after the town revoked his building permit for his workshop last October. Gagney said he tried to contact the code enforcer to discuss the situation and come up with an agreement, but after months of trying to reach him and getting no response, he decided on another tactic that would get the town's attention. The installation of a penis carved out of wood in front of the Ruggles Road home. It's an artistic expression of my frustration of not being able to finish my workshop, he said, who also blogs as Wilton Woody. (laughs) I wanted to inject some levity into the situation, but the town didn't find it funny. Supervisor John Lance said the town received many complaints and Gagney was arrested by New York State Police on June 18th, charged with displaying offensive sexual material. That day, the wood phallus was taken down. Uh, it's now uh, prostate on his prostrate, prostrate on his uh, side property. Only the testicles remain. What? Gagney says as a memorial, with a sign placed behind him that says castrated by state police. Now, with the help of a Queensbury lawyer, William White, the 32-year-old, is fighting to have the charges dropped and his penis statue restored. It's absolutely my First Amendment right. My lawyer said that the charges don't really apply to my case and he will get them dismissed. When he first raised the statue, Gaggy said that most people thought it was hilarious. Many stopped by and took photos straddling the sculpture. He also sent... Uh, out a survey of next door and only 72 responses of, of the tw- and, and he said 28% found it offensive. Others have stopped by to by, stopped by to support Gagney. People in the neighborhood rallied around it but when Gagney's neighbor John Parker saw it on June 8th, he emailed town code enforcement officer Mike Mikens uh, writing that Gagney has an awful lot of time on his and effort into being a jerk. Mikens wrote back, sympathizing with uh, Parker, saying Gagney is doing something to aggravate his neighbors. But he agreed with Gagney's lawyer, saying we cannot do anything about the erection in uh, Mr. Gagney's yard, as it is his constitutional right to express himself. Parker, when reached on Monday, said he didn't complain about the penis and that his neighbor told him not to comment further. A lawyer told him not to comment further. Uh, Gagney's problems with the town did not end with his arrest. On Monday after his arrest, he received seven citations from the town. They included violation of the noise ordinance, not having a certificate of occupancy for his workshop, and having items in town uh, in the town's right of way, including stops a, a sign asking drivers to slow down for Shiloh, reference to his dog who got hit on the road. <sighs> a lot of it seems triggered by my neighbor, but the town is not giving me any options. Mike and said that the uh, the permit, the building permit last October, would, the, the revoking of his permit permit was because Gagney provided misleading documentations when he applied for the permit. He also has occupied the structure prior 
to the issuance of the certificate of occupancy and failed to call for the required inspections prior uh, to those days. In a letter shared by Gagney's blog, Mikens listed the town's problems with the workshop, including not having footings expected be- inspected before the concrete was poured, structure-grade lumber was not used, and the truss framing was not in accordance with the stamped plans. Um, Lant didn't have much to say about the ongoing dispute, but Gagney doesn't follow want to follow rules. Gagney disputes the town's characterization and said he's been in compliance with every request. Suddenly the rules don't appear to be enforced equally, he said. For his part, he, Gagney says he just wants to live in peace. I just want to be left alone and finish my workshop. The penis is an act of protest. Oh, to the dummy with the black mustache. Where did that come from? All right, one more. What kind of life you think it is being the father of a young dummy? Where'd you get him? The internet. Ah. All right. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we got uh, three more dummies to get through, and then we're going to vote. 312-981-7200. Thanks for finding the Fred sound bites. Uh. Tom, thank you. Segment's not quite the same without Fred. All right. uh, More uh, dummies coming up right here on 720 WGN. All right. We're back. Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. Doing the Friday features on a Thursday because we're off tomorrow. Let's get back to you, big dummy. Dummy number three. Dummy number three. Three. Woman gored by bison at Yellowstone Park. Uh, A 72-year-old woman was gored multiple times by a bison in Yellowstone National Park after trying to get an up-close picture with the animal. The incident occurred on the evening of June 25th at the female's campsite um, at Bridge Bay Campground in Yellowstone National Park when the woman from California, who currently remains unidentified, approached within 10 feet of the bison multiple times while attempting to take a picture of it, according to the statement issued by the Yellowstone National Park, and she got gored. Won't be long before we'll hear the pitter-patter of tiny dummies around the house. broke, busted, and a dummy. Dummy number four, dummy number four, dummy number four, dummy number four, four. A burglar was forced to call the emergency services on himself after getting stuck in a window while breaking into a home. This is a common story. We get these a lot. Frederick Moulton from Spring Clothes in Swindon was given an 18-month community order yesterday after his bungling error. The 53-year-old was left suspended upside down when his leg got jammed while clambering through the window of an empty property during the early hours of Thursday morning. He was unable to free himself despite thrashing around for some time and eventually became so desperate he called fire services to ask for help. When fires, fires arrived, 
It was obvious that Moulton had been trying to break into the empty house on Groundwell Road, and they called police who arrested him. A spokesperson for Wiltshire Police said while trying to climb in through a window, his leg became jammed, leaving him hanging upside down inside. As a result, he was forced to call the fire service to be freed. Dorset and Wilshire Fire and Service uh, called us, and our officers arrived at the address with fire brigade colleagues. On arrival, it was obvious that Frederick Moulton was trying to break in, so he was arrested on the scene. I'll spell it for you. D-U-M-M-Y, period. La-dee-dee, they la-dee-dum is dummy. Yes, Donna and me. And the dummy makes three. Dummy number five, dummy number five, dummy number five. Uh, at least three UNSW students have been bitten. Student outlet Newsworthy reports on Sunday the students uh, were attempting to pat the animal. Liz Willer, a 20-year-old computer engineering student, was walking home through the uh, campus at 10 p.m. on Saturday when she spotted a fox. Oh, I thought, that's really cool. And then it started to walk towards me with intent. Miss Wilder assumed the fox was someone's pet, as she thought wild foxes don't come up to you and stand in front of you. I thought I could help, maybe help it. So I gave it a pat as she cho- as it chomped my hand. Are you kidding me? The fox then wandered away casually, Miss Miller said, as she was taken to the Prince of Wales emergency room. Uh, there, she met a 20-year-old man who was also bitten by a fox. He said he sat down on the ground with it because he thought it was a cat. A spokesperson for the hospital confirmed that they treated two people who said that they had been bitten by a fox on the university's campus on Saturday night. A UNSW spokesperson said the university was aware of several separate incidents of students being bitten by a fox while attempting to pat or feed it. UNSW estate management are working to locate the fox and have it removed from the campus, the spokesperson said, adding that students who see a fox on campus should notify security and not attempt to touch or feed it. The university is working with the presumption that there is one fox. However, Newsworthy's Brandon Foo said he was told by a security guard that there were definitely more than three. Pictures of two incidents show foxes with slightly different appearances. The fox has, or perhaps foxes have, been nicknamed Frank or Frankie by the students uh, who are sharing the encounters on the private UNSW Facebook discussion group. Miss Willer said that she had been uh, chastised online for not expecting to be bitten by the fox, but the fox didn't act like a wild animal. Uh, Miss Fu and his colleague, Claire Maggie, uh, said there had been calls for Frankie to become the UNSW mascot. What a way to spend my last days sitting between two dummies sucking on a pitcher old cop. Where'd that one come from? Alright. Well, if you and Rollo gonna be in the movie, I got the perfect name for it. Super Dummies. I like that. Sitting between two dummies sucking on a Tootsie Roll? I had to throw a curveball at you. That's a good one, man. Hey. All right. Uh, very good. Okay, let's do a recap, and then we vote on who's the biggest dummy. Tom will vote first. I will vote, and then uh, we've got the uh, first person through on the line will uh, be our, our deciding vote. Uh, okay, uh, we got the naked person in the Duluth sewers. 
We got the uh, upstate New York man uh, who fights to keep his wooden penis sculpture on his front lawn. We got the woman who was gored multiple times because she was too close to bison. Try and take a picture. We got a burglar who was forced to call emergency services because he got stuck in a window. And uh, we have uh, students who got chomped by a fox, chomped on, uh, bitten by a fox as they tried to pet it. <laughs> uh, okay, this is a tough week. Because yeah. there's a lot of solid dumbness here. Um, I'll give my runner-up to the Duluth man because it takes a lot of bravery to not only go into the sewers of Duluth, but to do it naked. Yeah, and just leave your clothes right up yeah, by the manhole leave, cover. Leave your clothes over there. Okay. But it's it's got to be the students and the fox. Yeah. I thought it was a cat. I thought it was a cat. What kind of cat looks like that? Um. Yeah, the sewer is good. Uh, the wooden penis thing is pretty funny too. It's nuts. It's a protest. Uh, the you know the getting too close to take pictures of the bison. She that's just an idiot. Uh, and also, you know, we've had burglars calling the cops on themselves because they've got stuck in places. But I, I, I'm with you, man. It's got to be the idiots be. P- trying to pet a fox and getting bit. Um, Mike, it's a, it, it doesn't really matter. But which one would you choose? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you guys, I was laughing my rear end off about the Fox story. Yeah. Because, you know, um, but I gave that one my run. That's my runner up. I mean, the guy with the wooden, yeah. you know, and he went to extremes. And, and just the fact that, you know, he, he wasn't complying with the building, right. uh, you know, the footings and the, and the structure of his building. And then he goes and, I mean, he put. A yeah. lot of time into that. All right. Okay. All right, Mike. And that's the only reason I'm calling him dummy number one is okay. because of the time involved. All right. Thanks, Mike. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. But our winner is the idiot students who tried to pet a fox and got bit. It looked like I thought it was a cat. Come on, man. All right, we can get a couple in, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll get a few in before we break. So when I'm in your neighborhood, you better duck. F bomb. Out of context, context, context. 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 All right, another Friday feature that we're doing on a Thursday since we're off tomorrow. Uh, straight out of context. That's when you listen to this radio station 24 7. And whenever anybody at any time says something that you can pull out of context and it sounds a little dirty and it makes you giggle like a nine-year-old, you jot down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. All right, let's get a few in here. All right, first one here coming to us from Kevin in Iowa. It's Dick DeBartolo. Oh! It is 11 inches wide by 24 inches long. <laughs> and honestly, of anybody, of any guest, he would appreciate that the most. Oh, yeah. No question about it. Good former, old Dick DiBartolo. Former I writer love on the match game. Former writer on the match game, former a, a writer for Mad Magazine, and uh, a gadget nut. Yeah. And a great guest. Great guy. Okay. Good job, Kevin. Uh, Brian J. Uh, brings us this one from King John. You got, oh, you no. got a call. No. Oh man, John's been showing up strong I, he, these past few weeks. Some, I think he knows. He might. I'm going to say it. I think he knows. He might. He might be gaming the system. Yeah. That doesn't make it not funny. Oh no, true. Uh, next one here from Will, another King John. Look at that. Jerk the corn. Jerk the corn. <laughs> Jerk the corn. 
Is he talking about preparing a jerking, like jerking be- corn? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, apparently, there's a school whose mascot is the corn jerkers. The corn jerkers. Yeah, dead serious. All right. Well, this week it looks like it's all in the family because Griffin. Oh. Uh, he's uh he's coming up here. This is great. This one's coming to us from Brian as well. But my thing is just it's a little too long. I would have loved it if it was a little shorter. <laughs> what was he talking about? He's talking about the lobster by Yorgos Lothamos. The <laughs> I'm serious. Him and John were talking about the lobster. Wait, four years after it came out? I guess so. Not that it's not worth talking about, because it's sure. certainly worth talking about. Well, and Griffin is a great cinematic thinker. I he love does, Yeah, no, he's, uh, he loves movies. I know he's that. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, talking about the the lobster of all things. That's so strange that people would be talking about that movie now. I love it. All right, let's get one more in, then we'll be All right, one more. A little row con here. This one's coming to us from Susan in Wheeling. Are you wiping your balls down? <laughs> talking about wiffle ball. Wipe them down. <laughs> Are you wiping your balls down? I can't. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let's just take a let's just take a break. More uh, straight out of context after this. So when I'm in your neighborhood, you better duck because Ice Cube is crazy as f bomb. Out of context. 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 <laughs> Context. Context. What's up? Tell them where you're from. Straight out of context. 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 All right. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. Yes, it is Thursday. I know that. But we're uh, off tomorrow. Tom and I are off uh, on Friday. So we're doing the Friday segments uh, here, the features, on a Thursday. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. All right. More back to straight out of context. All right. This next one, uh, this is this comes to us from Lake Geneva Dan. happened on the Matt Bubala show, and it's actually uh, a frequent caller to our show. Uh, here's, here's Robert. Can you blow weed in the stand? <laughs> <laughs> what were they talking about? Talking about what you can do at a, at a ballpark. You know, can you drink at the ballpark if they're going to open some stuff up? You know, you can't blow weed at a, at a, at the ballpark. <laughs> oh, you never know. You never uh, know what uh, might be possible. You know. Okay. All right. <laughs> What's next? All right. Next, a little Lou Manfredini. All right. Who I'm going to say has been lacking in the last couple weeks. He has, hasn't he? He's been a little behind. Okay. But that's okay. This is a good one from Brian. Get it nice and wet and work it back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> oh, my God. Jeez. I don't even know what he's trying to fix. God. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. little Uncle Dino here uh, from Tom in Wheaton. I like mine a little on the chunky side. <laughs> you talking about peanut butter? Uh, talking about gazpacho. Really? Yeah. He was he was given his his recipe for gazpacho, and it's been years since I've had a good. He he bowl. likes it on the chunky side. He is like, gazpacho? He, yeah, he likes it a little chunkier, mm. a little extra, a little extra something something in there. Yeah. Okay. Which, you know, it's great on a hot day, a nice cold. Oh, bowl it's of good. Gazpacho. It's good. It's good. Good stuff. Um, as we were saying, King John having a hell of a week. Okay. Uh, this one's coming to us from Brian. And I'll get off after 15 minutes and have a snack. (laughs) 
what is going on with him? The show's gone off the rails. Has he lost his mind? He may have. He may have. What was he talking about? Talking about a Peloton. You know what those things are? The, I think so, yeah. The stationary bike? Yes, yeah. He says he wants he wants to get a Peloton, but he wants a basket on the front so he could throw in a, you know, he could throw in a uh, little loaf of bread, maybe a bottle of wine, and... Uh, and have a snack! <laughs> yeah, he's he's gone, man. We've lost him. Yeah, he's gone. Ground control to Major John. Oh. All right. All right. Uh, I think it's been a while since we've had the great Kim Gordon. On. Oh, yeah, it's been a long it's time. Been a long time since we've had Kim. Welcome uh, back. This one's coming to us from Johnsburg AJ. I really do want to give it to you. <laughs> Talking about the weather report. The weather report, okay. The weather report. Uh, Pete McMurray. Okay. Who we uh, mentioned yesterday. Uh, this one's coming to us from Tim. Last year she did 31 dogs. God. <laughs> what was that? Talking about our friend Mickey Sudo. Oh, okay. Yeah, 30, yeah. 31 dogs. Yep. Uh, another John Williams here. This one coming to us from Maria. She loves it. She crushes that thing. <laughs> also talking about the Peloton. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Ah, uh, all right. And then this is uh, a little bonus one. This one uh, also coming to us from Will. Jerk the corn off. Who was that? Uh, that was, uh, I guess, a guest on. Oh, a guest on, on, on Dean's show. On uh, John Williams. On John Williams' show. Jerk the corn off. <laughs> what was he doing in studio? He wasn't. He, I think Skype? He had- yeah, I think okay. it was just a an access unit. Oh, okay. Give you a high quality. Like we're sound. not supposed to have anybody in studio. Yeah, no, he was, he was, uh, in, he was not in studio. Okay, all right, and that'll do it. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's your week in straight wow. out of context. So the leaderboard uh, goes to King John. Yeah, this week. I'm, an amazing week. Uh, but can he keep it up here? Fantasy. The, oh no, that right there. What you just said could be on. Uh, <laughs> oh. Could be on the Friday show. Self jam. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, here we go. What do you do? No one else can dance like you. So what's all of us? There ain't nobody. Spies. Hey. Someone took your plans away. So what's all of us? There ain't nobody. Spies. 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 Like us. You know, every time I hear that, I think of Larry from Aurora because hey, hey, that's Larry from Aurora. I wish you could have uh, known Larry from Aurora. It would have been an honor. He was God bless him. One of the best callers ever. He was such a character. Hey, big guy. That's what he used to say every time he came on. Good old Larry from Aurora. You know, he came to one of my Bruin View events, and uh, he got a bigger response than I did. You know, like he got more applause and people were coming up to him, taking pictures with him and stuff. <laughs> and stuff. The great Larry from Aurora. Okay, uh, Nick D Show Spies, this is when you listen to this radio station 24-7, as you should anyway, because it's awesome. And uh, whenever anybody mentions me in any capacity or the show, we want to know about it. So uh, jot down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. Again, these normally are done on Friday, but we're not on tomorrow, so we're doing them today. Okay. All right, so just one spy this week. Okay. Um, tons of people sent this in, so thank you, everyone who caught it. You know who you are. Uh, this is from 
Bob Surratt show, the great Bob Surratt morning show. Okay. Almost at the very beginning of the show, he couldn't help but talk about you. Okay. Is Nick DiGilio here? Is he on vacation? Is he here? I never see him anymore, and he's off at four. Was he working overnight, you he know? Was, he was on. He was? Okay. Yeah, heard yeah. him. Looking at the texts sometimes when I come in <laughs> that that are texts to Nick, I, I just wonder what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, the, the topics are crazy. And I'm not sure if these text messages are all directed at Nick or maybe guests, but he's got one interesting show. I I usually am driving in at four, so I, I miss him. But I think I got to start hitting the road earlier and listening to what he's doing. Because Did you hear him talking about the Guinness beer? No, what was that all about? <laughs> How it can fertilize Christmas trees, and, and there's such an overabundance of, of beer right now because the bars were closed for so long that bar, <laughs> that some of the bar owners were throwing their Guinness out at Christmas trees because they're good fertilizer. So we're going to have good Christmas trees yeah, this year. Yeah, that's good news. We'll have nice, fertile, green <laughs> trees. It was pretty fun. It was hilarious. Yeah, like I say, I've got some interesting topics. I mean, <laughs> j- judging by the texts... That I can see here, he he covered many different uh, many different subjects: sex, alcohol. Uh, what else uh, were people commenting about here? It looks like lasagna. They were talking about cottage <laughs> cheese versus ricotta reunions. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should start a new feature here in the morning and just read. Not not. I don't want to read the texts that are directed to Nick, but just just pick out. Like one or two words from each text. That'd be pretty funny. That's great. That's great. That's really funny. That's really funny. I love that. The legend of Bob Surratt talking about me on the radio. Ooh la la. Isn't that cool? Yeah, man. Very cool. All right. Uh, Well, there you go. We'll do it again next week. So keep your ears peeled. Whenever anybody mentions me uh, or any of that kind of stuff uh, in the on the show, then uh, what you have to do is you jot down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. Okay, uh, let's start it. When I grew up on the farm, fly was something we sprayed to kill, and jam <laughs> was something we put on our breakfast toast. Jam. Fly jam. Fly jams Friday. Oh, yeah. This is Fly Jam Friday on your overnight radio with my man, Nick D, on 720 WGN. It's not Friday. People are just waking up. They're like, what? We're off. Tom and I are off tomorrow in in honoring uh, the 4th of July. So we're doing the Friday features today. It is Thursday. It is indeed Thursday. Uh, Do you got requests? Got a ton. Okay, let's say hello to Luscious Hushes. Oh, yeah, Luscious Hushes, baby. There it is. That's official. 312-981-7200. Okay, let's get funky. Let's get Friday. Let's get funky. Let's get Friday. Thursday. Thir- thick Jams Thursday. Thick, thick Jams Thursday. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Thick Jams Thursday. And here's a real Thick Jam from Glenn and Evanston. It's Funky Worm, the Ohio players. Oh, yeah. Thank you.
Yeah, man. Ohio players, man. They rule. Ohio players, not only do they rule, but they have the best album covers of all time. The Ohio players. <laughs> you know, as a 12, 13-year-old boy, I would stare a lot at Ohio players' album covers. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. So, all right. What do we got next? All right, next. Something a little bit more modern, modern but it uh, you know calls back to a funkier time. It's coming to us from Lulu. It's a little Jamiroquai. The song is Little L. I love Jamiroquai. All those crazy hats. Oh, man. I love Jamiroquai. I it really completely fly. Crazy little British dude with crazy hats. What was the song with the video where the floor was moving and the there was a big uh, bug? Vir- virtual Insanity? Yeah. Yeah. Great video. Yeah, Jamiroquai's good, man. Welcome back. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. It is Thursday. Let's not get mixed up, but we're doing the uh, Friday features today since we're off tomorrow. Um, And uh, we're here until 4 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, we go to Bradley Place, WGN TV side, and get some great news and information in the great Bob Surratt at 5. Who requested uh, that? That was from Mike and Louisville. A little bit of the whispers, and the beat goes on. And the beat goes on. Famously sampled by Will Smith on his song, Miami. Yeah, I wouldn't know that. You don't know Miami? I don't think so. Welcome to Miami. Bienvenidos a Miami. I don't think I know okay, it. Fair enough. I don't think I know it. Hey, right. but by the way, why am I blanking on the Irish actor's name who was in Pinky Blinders and, and Inception? Oh, uh, Killian Murphy. Yeah, Killian Murphy. There's a guy on a on a stupid show called uh, um, it's funny, funny that you said funny what you that funny you, you should say that it's funny you should say that is that it. That one of the contestants looks like him. It looks like Killian Murphy. Maybe it is Killian Murphy. He does not have the eyes, though, because Killian Murphy's eyes are unbelievable. Yeah, he's got those beautiful yet dead Irish eyes. Deep blue crazy eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why he's so good. I like that guy. He's good. He's, he's good in everything. You ever seen The Wind That Shakes the Barley? Of course. Masterful. So, well, you've seen Peaky Blinders, right? Well, yeah. Please. That's a good show. <laughs> good show. It's not yeah. my favorite, but I think it's a good show. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, what else is happening in the world here? What else is happening in the world? Uh, Ter- Terrence Trent Darby is happening in the world. Oh. A uh, little request from Mr. DeGilio. My dad, little Terrence Trent Darby. Yeah, the elder statesman of funk. Uh, here's Wishing Well. Great song. You know, uh, when the first Taron Trent's Darby album came out, it was a sensation. Like, that song was huge, and the album sold really well. I went to see him at the Aragon, and it was great. No, I'm sorry, Metro. And it was great. But man, was that guy an egotist. Oh, my God. Have you heard some of the quotes that he said when his first album came out? Now, you weren't even alive, but he said he was better than the Beatles. And, uh, I mean, you know, it overshadowed everything. And I think his second album bombed because of that. But that first album, man, it's great. What the hell is the name of it? Terrence Trent, uh, the The, uh, long name. Yeah, Introducing the Hard Line According to Terrence Trent Darby. Introducing the Hard Line According to Terrence Trent Darby. There you go. Better than the Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's one of those albums. You know, we were talking earlier to... um, to the guys uh, who host the uh, the mixtape podcast and talking about how sometimes we obsess over one album and play it over and at that first Terrence Trent Darby album man, I played it like crazy mm-hmm. it's so good so nice choice from my dad this morning very good very very good he's pretty consistent in his uh, good choices for Fly Jams Friday yeah, I Thursday think so. I think thick th- thick jams thick, Thursday thick jams thick like syrup yeah Okay, what's the next thick jam for Thursday? All right, next thick jam's coming to us from Lisa Champagne. How about us? Oh, here we go. Some people can hold it together. I'm not trying not to end it all. That's, that's pretty fly. That's pretty fly. That's pretty thick. <laughs> that's a thick jam. That is a thick jam for Thursday. All right, what's the next thick Thursday jam? All right, uh, let's go do something a little bit 4th of July themed, I think. Oh. Um, this one's coming to us from Mark L. in Aurora. It is the great, great Ray Charles America the Beautiful. Ah. Strife 
yourself Yeah, country loved Man, Ray Charles was something, right? He really was. Yeah, we were lucky. We were lucky to have someone. Oh, man, oh, man. Mm. Although I was upset when Jamie Foxx won the Oscar. I mean, not that he wasn't good in it, but that was the same year Paul Giamatti was in Sideways. And that's the better performance. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Paul Giamatti didn't even get nominated. Didn't even get nominated. I mean, if you want to go down the laundry list of times that the uh, Academy snubs somebody yeah. when they oh, no, probably it's, deserved it's, at least a nomination, I mean, it's oh no, it's long. it's a, it's a, I mean, it's we've talked about it on the air before. Yeah, it's insane. Some of the people that have been at a, that performances have been snubbed. You know what I think one of the biggest snubs of the past few years is, and because it's a horror movie, mm-hmm. Tony Collette in yeah. Hereditary, yeah. truly one of the best performances I've seen. I mean, the last horror movie to ever be given any Silence sort of, of the Lambs, Silence right? of the Lambs, yeah. And before that, it was really only The Exorcist and um, Rosemary's Baby get Rose- nominated? I don't know if Rosemary's Baby did get nominated. The, the Exorcist was in that conversation, and there was there was another one that I, if you told me the title, I'd smack myself in the face. Yeah. It's so obvious. Yeah. Um, but no, the, the, yeah, basically uh, horror, the genre, yeah. horror genre never gets to love. Nope. And Tony Collette is unbelievable in Hereditary. He's great. Like it's an, it's an astonishing performance. I always forget she's Australian too. She is. Yeah. Knives Oot. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, I love Tony Collette. She's great. I've loved her since Muriel's wedding, man. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. I will say, mainly her character in uh, About a Boy really oh, chaps man. my butt. Yeah. Because I'm like, I get it. She's really good at doing that. Yeah. But like the real granola hippie thing, yeah. just like. Just really, I just can't stand it. The yeah. patchouli oil and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, it's not my favorite. Yeah, but yeah. If 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 you're a horror film fan, you've not seen Hereditary. One, it's great. It's a great, great movie. And two, Tony Collette is incredible. I upset yeah. I upset very many people by making people go see that at the theater. I oh yeah, at. no, no, no. <laughs> I can understand. They were like, "Why? That why is- would you send? <laughs> why would you send? Because they." Uh, folks would come up a lot and they'd be like i'm not really sure what to see because with the neighborhood theater you can do that right. you can be like listen i'm so bored. recommending hereditary to me yeah they're like i'm <laughs> bored i've got like two and a half hours to kill what should i watch and it was between like hereditary and i don't know uh zootopia I, so uh, yeah really nothing super great so i was like well you should watch hereditary yeah and, and i'm sure that they were thrilled afterwards yeah well some of them were like that was boring and i was like boring well i, I don't know some people just they don't have an attention span it is a deeply disturbing terrifying movie it's an it, and it makes little sense at times yeah but uh and the best some, the best seance in film history i will say but many people came out there like that was awesome or just why? Yeah, why would you do that to me? Why would you do that to me? I come here all the time. I yeah. take my kids here. So. Okay, real quick one, right? We can get one more in here? Uh, yeah, real quick. Real Rick quick. James, give it to me, baby. All right.
Yeah. Who requested that? That's coming to us from Tim. Tim. All right. Little Rick James to round out fly our Thick Jams Thursday. Thick Jams Thursday. All right. We're off tomorrow. Everybody have a great weekend, and we'll be back.